Welcome to another edition of 99 Questions. I am your host, Bob Buell. This is, of course, an oddly numbered interview show where we ask all sorts of interesting people interesting questions. And joined with me today, oh boy, from Game Informer and from the host of all things Nintendo, it's Brian Shea. Brian, how are you today? I'm doing great, Bob. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Uh, I love the concept, and I'm excited to take part in it. Oh, well, look, what compliments flying early on this show. I love it. Uh, well, thank you for being on. It's, it's truly an honor and a pleasure. And, uh, yeah, you know, we rumor has it. We have a, a handful of questions here to go over. But uh, before we do, there's just a couple ground rules, terms and conditions, if you will, that you got to click through real quick. Uh, like, uh, take as much time or as little time as you need to answer a question. If a yes or no suffice, give me a yes or no. If a short story about your life helps us get a better understanding of that answer, I want to hear that story. Uh, ground rule number two. Uh, this is not a Wolf Blitzer interview. I love that topical reference. Um, so there's nothing controversial in here, I don't think. But if you want to pass over a question for whatever reason, you can pass. No judgment. No worries. And despite the name of the show being 99 questions, I might throw in a follow-up. Some of these by the English language are absolutely not questions. They're just words I put a question mark at the end of. I try not to be too specific on that front. <laughs> so, all that said, uh, the first of the non-counting questions. Brian, are you ready? I am so ready. Oh, I love it. There we go. Question number one. What's the perfect breakfast? I am a huge proponent of a bacon, egg, and cheese breakfast sandwich. Mm. Now, you can have your bread or grain of choice. I used to vastly prefer uh, a, a nice New York bagel. Oh, yeah. However, uh, I've, I've gone through phases with English muffins. I've gone through phases with croissants. Just this morning, I uh, used gordita de nata which uh, is absolutely delicious. It almost tastes like you have pancakes as your, uh, as, as your bread. Yeah. Um, that, that is my forever breakfast. Although, you know, when I'm trying to be healthy, I'll do like the yogurt and granola or like a smoothie instead. But you know, when you want to treat yourself, I, I, you can't go wrong with a bacon, egg and cheese breakfast sandwich, though I will settle for a uh, sausage, egg and cheese on occasion. <laughs> I love it. Hey, listen, coming from an East coast boy, myself from New Jersey, a good bagel with salt, pepper, ketchup. You throw it all on there. Bacon, egg, and cheese. Oh, perfection. Perfection. Yeah, I'm an East Coast guy, too, so I'm right there with you. People around the country think bagels are just fine everywhere else. They don't know East Coast water. <laughs> There's a difference. <laughs> also, the big thing that was like a revelation to me, this is like a very weird, specific thing, but I, I'm, I'm in Minnesota now, and mm -hmm. I went to McDonald's for breakfast, which is a very rare occasion. I, I go to McDonald's maybe like three times in a year at most. Sometimes I don't even go in a year. And I went for breakfast, and I was like, oh, I'm really craving like a McDonald's bacon, egg, and cheese on a bagel. Mm. Turns out those are only on the East Coast. Is that right? Or at least they're not in the Midwest, because they, they were like, we don't have bagels. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, that's definitely a thing over here. So. 
I, yeah, I never even thought that they would be regional. Yeah, it was a weird, a weird realization. You see, this is an educational podcast, really. <laughs> Question two: Who's the coolest dude? Coolest dude? Oh man! I mean, the answer is obviously Fonzie from Happy Days. Hey. <laughs> but like, in terms of like coolest, coolest dudes I've met through like games stuff. Like, uh, we'll we'll just do with like coolest. Uh, like I, a person I came away from being like, wow, he was really cool and really nice and really awesome to talk with was uh, Colin Kaepernick. Oh, wow. I, I got to play games with him and talk like just shoot the breeze with uh, with him about gaming um, back at Summer Game Fest this year. And, wow. you know, spent about 45 minutes talking, playing games and everything. And he was just a really, really cool dude. And, you know, I know that all like celebrities and interview subjects will put their best foot forward most of the time but like he seemed really genuinely like an awesome guy wow that is spectacular i love it uh question number three steak chicken or fish that's a tough one mm. probably fish Ooh. i'm a huge fan of salmon i will eat salmon multiple times a week if i can i think that it's like the right combination of versatile uh tasty and uh healthy although i did just have steak stir fry last night and i <laughs> i do love making a good chicken pasta but i'm gonna go i'm gonna go fish on this one i love it good blackened salmon over rice oh so Come good on. oh uh question four best gift you've ever gotten Ooh, we're gonna throw it back old school here and probably the year it was probably 1998 that i got a game boy color mm. with pokemon blue which set me down the path of loving pokemon it set me down the path of loving uh turn-based rpgs and uh you know it was just a, a i was so crazy about pokemon without having ever played a video game of pokemon i mean obviously i was playing video games back then but yeah i mean i've never played a pokemon video game and uh you know that just kind of solidified because i was all about the trading cards i was all about the uh anime but finally getting my hands on the game itself was just like the greatest day ever yeah there was so it's tough to convey I sound so old when I say this sentence. It's tough to convey to a younger generation how special Gen 1 was. Because there were so many, like, schoolyard rumors about the games. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there was something about the graphics and the style at the time. And the whole Missingno thing made it seem like anything was possible. And it, it just, there was so much about that game that just lived in the ether that it, it, it's so it's so tough to even replicate today in any kind of game release i i yeah because everybody just talks about everything on social media and it's every like okay secret every is known exactly yeah. and there's no like i remember like going on aol and being like going on keyword n64 and like downloading <laughs> like all the codes for yeah. mario 64 and like one of them worked and like the other 50 were like fake ways to get like luigi and they'd have like poorly photoshopped screenshots of luigi <laughs> and mario 64 and it turns out all of them were fake and uh yeah but like yeah like i think that, that that was part of the reason why i was so reluctant to do any other subsequent pokemon games for the longest time i didn't play another pokemon mainline game all the way through until x and y 
And wow. then I went back and played the other ones after I kind of got back into it. There's something special about that Gen 1. It really, really is. Yeah. Question five, best gift you've ever given? Oh, that's a that's a really hard one. I mean, there's there's some where I've like given a partner like a, a spa day, which they really loved. Um, I try to be really personalized with the gifts that I give someone, which I mean, it's not like a revelation. Like I, I very rarely will give somebody just like a, a gift card is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But like it also is something that they'll they'll use. So like. You know, getting um, oh man, like I think that like probably just like concert tickets for some for a, a band that they are really like loving or like really want to see live and just being like a surprise that they are going to go see this band and, uh, you know, supplement it with other things. But like that being kind of the main attraction, I think that's something that's like really personal um and it really plays into their interest and also gives you an experience together if you go with them um so recently did that and it was a uh, it was a big success and you know i think that was that's the one that comes to mind even though i'm sure there's a million examples of like good gifts i mean i'm sure i forgot some about the best gifts i've ever received as well <laughs> yeah no i love it i love it uh question six what did you want to do for a living when you were a kid I mean, the the pie in the sky answer is I wanted to be a professional baseball player, Ooh. and uh, I was I was a pretty good baseball player. Like I'm I'm not gonna like toot my own horn too much, but I was a really good shortstop. And I, you know, like a lot of young kids think that they would love to play the game that they love playing for a job, and so I had my eyes on that, and then. You know, as I entered like the early high school years, I was like, okay, well, I'm I'm good, but I'm not that good. I'm not going to be a professional baseball player. But I do remember like, you know, my, my parents were always of the mindset of like, you can do whatever you put your mind to. Uh, but they also were like, you know, like professional baseball player, like we will, will support you and like pursuing that. But also like maybe you should have like a realistic thing that you want to do as well. And when I was a kid, I remember one one of those was I wanted to be a sports journalist. Um, I in elementary school, I wrote for the school paper and I would just write all about like sports stuff like baseball. And I mean, baseball was my my huge love back when I was a kid, but like also some football, a little bit of basketball, not so much hockey back then. Um, but yeah, sports journalist was probably like the answer, like that wasn't like some crazy dream of like becoming a baseball player but then like you know i've gone through stints where it's like maybe i'd be a teacher um and the 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 kind of path that i went down early on was uh doing something in computer science and then once i got into college i did one semester of that and decided i absolutely hated it so <laughs> i changed my major immediately and let that dream die very very ceremoniously wow listen Yankees might come calling tomorrow. You never know. They're always I'm a looking... diehard Orioles fan, so. Oh, well, then you hang up on those Yankees is what you do. Exactly. Uh, question seven. This is a biggie here. What's the largest animal you can beat in a fight? Well, I'm, I was originally going to start with, like, the smaller ones and work my way up, but I'm going to. I'm gonna start with the big ones and work my way down. I think that's I, probably a, a I better like method. Uh, bear, absolutely not. Um, 
Fair. I think that's fair. Um, I mean, not that I would ever want to fight one of these, but like maybe a dog. Like if a dog was attacking me or like a family member, I bet I could subdue it in some way. I'd take damage, obviously, but like <laughs> if it was yeah. like me or the dog or like, again, I'm not wanting to hurt a dog, <laughs> but if I was in self-defense, I think I could probably hold my own. I agree. You can get a, a solid sleeper hold on it and then send it on its way, you know? <laughs> Question eight. Who's someone you look up to? Hmm. I mean, my go-to answer for this when anybody's asked just in conversation, I think is always going to be my dad. Hmm. Um, you know, he's always been a really hard worker. He instilled that in me at a uh, very early age. And I think that he's always tried his best to to do right for the family and uh even at the, the 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 cost of personal sacrifice and everything um you know he he just uh, i really admire everything he's i mean my mom as well um but like my dad was the one that kind of instilled the the work ethic in me and uh you know i, I got a lot of his personality traits and I, I think that i'm i'm lucky to have those it's really something special uh, question nine. First album you bought with your own money? It was probably it was probably a Christian rock album because uh, I used to go to a lot of music festivals in like when I was like pretty religious in like middle school. Yeah, I remember the uh, the first one that like the family bought like the first CDs when we had like a minivan that the that like had a, a cd player back in the 90s it was like okay we don't have we have a cassette player still but like we also have a cd player and we're like ooh, let's take Whoa. a special trip to walmart and get cds <laughs> and i remember we, we we bought uh the spice girls debut album and we Classic. bought the chumbawamba album oh get knocked down yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so those are the first two albums the family bought the first ones i bought were probably uh there's a christian band called dc talk and I, they've actually won Grammys and everything. So like they're a pretty oh, wow. established band. Uh, for a while, they were the largest Christian rock band, and uh, it was probably their album "Jesus Freak" was like the first album that I bought. And I remember like listening to it, extremely, extremely tired because I was at a music festival, like a multi-day music festival, and I was just like, "Oh man, I wasted my money. This isn't good." And then it became <laughs> oh, one of my favorite albums of like it was. I think I was just really tired and irritable and I was just like frustrated that I spent the money on this <laughs> album that I was like, this isn't good. And then of course it was like, you know, if you listen, if you ask anybody who's like into Christian rock, that's like one of the all time classic albums. And uh, it ended up being one of my favorite albums of like my middle school years. Oh, that rules. Uh, question 10. What's your go to karaoke song? Hysteria by Muse. Oh, now that ain't that ain't exactly easy. That's a that's a that's something to be uh, celebrated there. <laughs> I, I I will. I'm not gonna again. Not gonna toot my own horn too much here, but I did it in New York uh, back in June or July. No, it was it was either it was August actually. It was there for a uh, a Sega event, and the night before, a bunch of people who were in town for this event went and did karaoke in K Town in uh, in mm. Manhattan. 
Yeah. And uh, I did it. And, you know, I, I thought I did reasonably well, but I, I got some compliments after the fact. And I was like, OK, good. It's <laughs> like, OK, I haven't I haven't lost it over the pandemic. But no, that <laughs> that's one of my go to. I also like Queens of the Stone Age. I like Stone Temple Pilots. Uh, just, you know, take your pick. I've done see, I, I the, the biggest karaoke mistake of my life was uh, after a long week at San Diego Comic-Con where you're yelling over the you know just the crowd noise but also yeah. like music and announcements and everything doing interviews talking to people going to after parties the last night of being in town in san diego i went and did karaoke with some friends and i tried to do ballroom blitz and Ooh. under normal circumstances i think i could do ballroom blitz just fine having my voice completely lost uh it <laughs> it didn't go well yeah that's it's a lot more high notes than you remember you know <laughs> Oh, there's a lot of high notes in that song, but yeah, uh, that was one where it was like I was through the first verse and I was just like, this is going to be a long song, even though it's not that long of a song. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, question 11. What's the last song that you listen to? I'm going to bring up my, my phone right now. Oh, I love it. Question not sponsored by Spotify, but the DMs are open if they want to throw me a couple bucks. Well, I'm an Apple Music guy personally. This question um, not sponsored by Apple Music, but <laughs> DMs are open. <laughs> you know, I was actually uh, something I haven't done in a while, something that I was really, really into in previous years, and I haven't done it that much in 2023 is music discovery. Mm. So I was actually browsing Apple Music and like, all right, I haven't like really kept up with what came out in 2023, but I know there's been a lot of really great rock albums. So I was exploring some of like the 2023 releases on the Apple Music uh, kind of rock landing page. Yeah. So I was listening to like a, a sampling. Um, one of the songs that I really liked was a from a band called Mammoth WVH, which I don't know if you're familiar. It's Wolfgang Van Halen, a.k.a. the son of Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. Um, it's his band. And I was like, wow, I really dig the song. And it's called... Another celebration at the end of the world. That's the last song I listened to in full, but like, and that was just kind of like exploring these, like what's come out. But outside of that, I would say uh, just like what one that I put on intentionally is this band called the Struts. And they're kind of like a glam rock band, kind of in the vein of like Queen or uh, Sweet. Uh, speaking of Ballroom Blitz, and uh, <laughs> uh, there's a song called kiss this which was one of their early hits and i uh i the great song and i put it on and I, I i loved it i I still love it that was oh. I, I highly recommend the struts they actually have a new album coming out uh the day that we're recording this wow yeah not sponsored by the struts but <laughs> uh, no this is some great recommendations question 12 what's a band or musical artist you want to hear more from oh hear more from so i guess the implication is they only did a little bit and didn't follow up or like they're or, brand new on the scene I, I i like to think of it as um remember that uh, whole wu-tang clan album that they like put in a box and some yeah, jerk yeah, yeah, bought yeah. yeah that whole thing like what if whoever in the world just put one more album in a box somewhere and you know you were able to unearth it well this is so topical because the beatles just put out a new song today uh, I, I don't know how long of a lead time you you record these, and that maybe maybe you know, this will come out in February 2024, and people will be like, "What is he talking about?" 
<laughs> if only. I would love another. Actually, there is kind of a, a dual pronged answer here because I'm going to say Stone Temple Pilots. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite bands of all time. And, you know, I would love another album with Scott Weiland, who unfortunately is no longer with us. He actually uh, passed away in uh, pretty much my backyard uh, in Bloomington, Minnesota, shortly after I moved to Minneapolis. Uh. And uh, but he, uh, just another album with him in the, as the front man of Stone Temple Pilots would just be unbelievable. The other side of that coin is, uh, again, a, another singer of Stone Temple Pilots who is no longer with us, unfortunately. And that is Chester Bennington. Yeah. He, I remember, so he, I, I saw him actually front Stone Temple Pilots back, I believe it was 2016, and he was just the perfect fit for that. And I remember they did put out an EP, I think there were four songs on there, of him singing for Stone Temple Pilots. And the songs were, I mean, one of them was just a, one of the greatest songs in Stone Temple Pilots, uh, and the other three were pretty good, right? Yeah. And then they were like, okay, we're going in the studio to record more, and then Chester Bennington announced that he was leaving the band after like a after that, because he wanted to focus on Lincoln Park, and he felt like he was being pulled in too many different directions. But I always, especially after Chester Bennington passed away, I was like, man, what if like there's some recordings that they could go in the studio and rework, and like yeah. kind of like they did with like the John Lennon thing with the Beatles, where it's like, okay, there's these leftover vocals. We had something that we were working around it, but I don't know if it ever got to that phase. I feel like if they did get to that phase, they would have probably put it out shortly after he passed away, which is what one of his uh, Chester Bennington's earlier bands uh i think they're called gray days um they put out a remastered version of like the demos that they cut before he joined lincoln park and it's actually a re- pretty good album um and it's wow. it's that was like a great discovery for me as being like oh man there's there's more like kind of straightforward rock songs from chester and cause those were always my favorite lincoln park songs like i like mike shinoda and his rapping and everything like that but that's a very specific sound like i just think chester had an incredible voice for rock yeah, and uh, that was exemplified in um, what was the the other band that he fronted just for one one album. It was uh, Dead by Sunrise. He put out an album with Chester Bennington as their singer, and there's some really good rock songs. But yeah, so I guess the answer is Stone Temple Pilots with either Scott Weiland or Chester Bennington singing. I'm giving you the long winded answers here, and we have 99 <laughs> of these. Listen, I'm here for it. I'm strapped in. I'm ready to go. Question 13. A song that brings the most emotion out of you. This wasn't the answer until I saw this band live. Mm. But there was there's there's a, a band that no longer exists, unfortunately, because they had a lot of tragedy where like uh one of their I think one of their drummers passed away and then they replaced or it was their bassist or somebody passed away. Yeah. And then they replaced him, and then they went on tour, and then their tour bus broke down, and I think an 18-wheeler hit them on the side of the highway, and it, like, it like Oof. crucially injured two of the members and killed another one of them. Oh. And um, it was a band called Adrenaline Mob, and they're like a metal band, and so like a lot of their stuff is pretty heavy, and uh, like it's the singer from Symphony X, it was the 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 I almost said the launch lineup like it's a video game. Uh, the the original lineup had Mike Portnoy from Dream Theater on drums, who's just yeah. an unbelievable drummer. Um, I think the bassist of Disturbed, and then this unbelievable guitarist named uh, Mike Orlando. 
and that was their lineup. And uh, I saw them when they had that. So I saw them pretty early on in their their lifespan. They had like three different lineups and I think they put out three albums, but they had an, a song. Oh, all on the line. It was called. And um, it's kind of a softer ballad. And it's just, I was just like, okay, this is a really, really good song. Really pretty. Um, the singer has an unbelievable voice when he's just kind of singing, you know, and he's really yeah. powerful voice. And then he explained that, I don't want to get the details wrong, but I believe it was like something to do with like his, like watching his child uh, struggle with, um, I want to say it was like coming to terms with like the struggles of a a child that is on the spectrum. Mm. And I believe it was something to do with that. And it just made the song so much more emotional for me. Like when you listen to the lyrics and it's just like, just talking about like trying to sympathize with like their struggles and work with them on like this, this difficult journey that they're going through and like finding the right kind of like ways to, to kind of help them uh, deal with these, these struggles that they're having. And it's, it's a, it's an emotional song. Um, Wow. Outside of that, maybe like there's, there's a couple of like relationship focused songs, like breakup songs and everything that, that hit hard. Um, one that I did not expect, and I don't want to spoil an episode of Black Mirror, uh, but there is an upbeat 80s song at the end of my favorite episode of Black Mirror called San Junipero. And it, I, like, I for about two years, I could not watch, I could not hear that song without, and again, there's no, like, sad connotation in the song itself. But or denotation in the song itself, but the connotation that I have of that episode yeah. and like kind of like the emotionality behind that moment, I could not listen to that song without tearing up for a probably good two year stretch. I remember being in London uh, in fall 2019, and I was at the Christmas market in in uh, Piccadilly Circus, and they had that song playing. And again, it's a, it's an upbeat, happy sounding song. And I was like tearing up. I'm like, oh my god! I, I probably look like a wow. fool just like tearing up at this Christmas market as the song <laughs> plays. <laughs> wow, this is teaching me. I gotta watch more Black Mirror. Okay, that, that's that that episode, San Junipero, might be my favorite singular episode of any TV show. Wow, that's uh, that's a heavy praise right there. I don't know if it's gonna knock Lost out of its top slot for I me. I mean, I think we'll it. See. I think it won. And, and like an Emmy or something that episode, but I, I don't know. I I think it was like a, an award winning episode, and like wow. you know, I love Black Mirror, but that episode is different from most Black Mirror episodes, and also unbelievable. Uh, question fourteen: What's your favorite music video? Music video, not a uh, a thing I've thought much about lately. Mm-hmm. Um. I really love the Foo Fighters, The Pretender. I think that's a, a really cool, tense music video for a song that just feels full of tension anyway. Yeah. Um, the Foo Fighters always have great music videos, though, because like they don't usually take themselves too seriously. Like it's like always like kind of like gags and jokes that are like scattered throughout. They sometimes have fun guest stars like uh tenacious d was like on like a guest star and i think on the learn to fly music video um yeah that was i mean that that's a that's that's the first one that comes to mind but i'm sure there's 50 or 60 other ones uh stone temple pilot sour girl is a cool one i think that had sarah michelle geller in it Um, wow yeah (laughs) but like 
yeah, there's there's so many good ones. Um, I I always I kind of grew up on TRL, so like there's like all like the pop ones that always were on there that I uh, I could probably go like I mean. I'm pretty sure the the music video for Backstreet Boys I want it that way is permanently brain burned into my brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know if I would call that my favorite. But yeah, there's there's <laughs> a lot of uh there's a lot of great ones that that come to mind, but those are the two that immediately popped in. Oh, that's great. Uh question 15. You got a million dollars, but you have to donate it all to charity. What charity is it going to? The ones that always kind of come up for me when it comes to like ones that I wish I could do more are like the children's focused charities. Um, things like, uh, you know, like the St. Jude's children's yeah. hospital, things like that. Like things that like, those are the ones like when, uh, anytime I get to see like a, a kind of like a make a wish thing happen and like seeing it really make a difference. in like that kid who, who obviously has an extremely rough life, having often a terminal illness, like I remember Sports Center used to do a uh, a segment. I don't know if they still do, where they would like kind of do like partner with the Make a Wish Foundation to like make these like sports dreams come true for kids. Like, all right, this kid's like a diehard Patriots fan, and like they'd get like a video message in the mail from Tom Brady, like inviting them to come out to like Gillette Stadium and like go out on the field. And it's just like, man, that that uh that type of stuff always like made me cry no matter how oh, many times yeah. I, I I know the song and dance of what's going to happen. And it always got me every single time. But uh, yeah, so probably something along those lines. Um, also, uh, if it's, I don't know if this technically qualifies as a charity, because I know that for a fact that it's not tax deductible, but something like the ACLU that fights for uh, like, like, you know, social change or yeah. uh, you know, making sure people's rights are not being infringed. No, I think those are incredible choices. Yeah. Uh, 16, favorite holiday. I mean, Christmas has got to be the clubhouse leader here, right? <laughs> I think. <laughs> family, you got food, you got gifts. I mean, sometimes you travel to see family, which is always fun, but also a little stressful. We just passed Halloween. I don't think Halloween's up there, even though I like I like a lot of the the festivities that surround Halloween. But uh, this year I was so busy I didn't even get a chance to decorate or get a costume, unfortunately, <laughs> because this the, I don't know if you noticed, but October was just unbelievable for like the game release calendar. Just I couldn't yeah. keep up. I'm still catching up on a lot of games that I normally would have played day one. Uh, but Thanksgiving I've never been huge on outside of the family aspect like I, I think a lot of Thanksgiving food is actually pretty overrated um <laughs> whoa shots fired Brian Shane My I mean goodness. hey I, I'll I'll eat mashed potatoes <laughs> gravy corn uh a lot of desserts and Thanksgiving every every day if I could I think uh turkey has to be done extremely well to be worthwhile yeah you're on to something there yes though the turkey turkey leftovers are great like yeah. uh, if, if you have a lot of turkey leftover and you're like you know, making turkey sandwiches and stuff like that. That's amazing. That's the best part of the whole meal. The sandwich the day after is the best part of the meal. <laughs> like, For sure. Oh, yeah. But I'm going to go Christmas. Christmas is, is the answer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 17. What's your go-to drink when you walk into a coffee shop? The go-to is an iced white mocha. If I'm going to a place like Starbucks, I'm getting it half sweet and with non-fat milk. Mm. Uh, because they just make their drinks way too sweet. If I'm going to like a standard like local coffee shop, I will just get it as is usually. But sometimes I'll ask them how much how much uh, 
of the sauce or syrup that they put in it because I know that for like a medium Starbucks puts four, but two is Ooh. more than enough for me. Um, but like, you know, if, if it's a place I've never been before, I'll, I'll sometimes just get a vanilla latte. Um, if it's Starbucks during the fall, I'll do the uh, pumpkin cream cold brew. Mm, that is a, a treat from there. Yeah, for sure. I don't, I'm not a pumpkin spice latte guy, so uh, but I, I do like pumpkin flavor and things when I can get them. Oh, 100%. 18. This is, this is another biggie here. Spell the word gray. Oh, man. This is a personal arch nemesis of mine. <laughs> uh, G-R-A-Y, which I know it's G-R-E-Y. We'll see where the tally's at. It's a it's a hotly contested question. I should have cheated on that one and been like G R I S, which is Gris <laughs> in <laughs> French or Greece in uh, Spanish. <laughs> but that got two languages covered. Yeah, that's true. I think that would be a new tally on the board too. Got a, <laughs> we got a couple stinkers who threw in an E I G H in there, but I, oh, you know who you no, are. No, disregard <laughs> them. Uh, Nineteen. What's your prized possession? looking around right now because i have a lot of stuff up i have uh some some pretty cool signatures that are on my wall that i'm looking at like speaking of the struts i i got to meet them and oh, got wow. a poster signed i have a relatively recent thing that i'm pretty stoked on i don't print out a whole lot of pictures but this was one that i was like i should probably print this out i'm holding it up for you so you can see it but it's me oh, with wow. shigeru miyamoto and koji kondo yeah the uh, obviously Shigeru Miyamoto, famous Nintendo. I don't even know if he has a title technically anymore. I, uh, I think he's the creative, creative fellow at cre- this point. Um, <laughs> but he, uh, you know, creator of Mario, Zelda, Donkey Kong, Star Fox, you name it. Uh, yeah. You know, just the man. And then Koji Kondo, who is responsible for most of the music that you hear in Mario, Zelda, yeah. Donkey Kong. Um, you know, just pretty much. The Walt Disney of video games and the John Williams of video games. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I got a chance to interview them at the start of this year as part of the uh, the day after the premiere of the Super Mario Brothers movie. I got to go to the premiere and then wow. uh, sit down with them for forty five minutes the next morning. So that was uh, that was pretty awesome. That's incredible. Yeah, I would... that's a relatively recent prized possession. I'm sure. Again, I'm sure there are better answers to that question, but that's one that I'm I'm pretty. Uh, stoked on i put that as a poster on my front door like are you kidding me that's incredible <laughs> question 20 are you competitive yes mm. uh mostly in like video games but like I, i'll get really competitive in like if we're just like i think it used to be a lot worse but also i used to be a lot a lot worse about keeping my emotions in check i like, got something i've actually worked on <laughs> over the course of like the last decade um but yeah like i remember being too competitive like in college intramural sports like everybody would just be having a good time and i'd be like why aren't you hitting the volleyball back <laughs> how'd you miss that bump set spike come on and uh but you know i um yeah I- i'm i'm competitive i think that video games in particular like that's kind of where i let my emotions run wild as if i'm playing online like I-, I don't do the voice chat thing i don't do like unless i'm playing with friends and it's just kind of like a chill like thing of like let's go on and and play some overwatch or play some shredders revenge co-op or something like that like but like if i'm playing overwatch just by myself and like 
I, I'm getting blown away or whatever like that, I will, I'll rage. I'll rage for sure. And I'll, get, I'll get upset. That's the one spot that I could kind of allow myself to blow off some steam is like playing video games and like, you know, just kind of letting the emotions run wild in that case. Happens to the best of us. I get it. Uh, question 21. Do you consider golf a sport? Absolutely. Mm. Is it, uh, is it the most like athletic endeavor ever? I mean, no, but it does require athleticism. It does require skill, and there is a competition surrounding it. Um, Very true. You know, there's a physical, a physical element to it. You're you have to have power and elegance and uh, accuracy in your swing. You have to have um, you know the, the the proper aiming. So you know, there's there's several aspects of sport in there. And then, you know, it is a physical activity that is uh, a competition that is scored. And so, yeah, it, it, meets, it matches all of the, 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 de the textbook definitions of a sport to me. I hear you. Uh, 22. Have you ever played any sports? Yeah. Baseball, as I mentioned, um, when I was a kid, I uh, did baseball, basketball, never did football. Um, when I was a pretty young kid i would do soccer i was the one that fell off first uh because i didn't like all the running back and forth um basketball and baseball were the ones that i really stuck with and like basically through high school then sophomore year i so i remember sophomore year i like the week before tryouts for the baseball team for for uh high school i sprained my ankle right before tryouts Ooh. and i had to miss that season and so, or no, that was freshman year. I'm sorry. That was freshman year. I sprained my ankle and had to miss that season. And then, so I, I played intramural then instead, and then went out for the team on sophomore year. And I didn't make the team because I wasn't playing like hot competitive that the, yeah. the year before. And also like, I think that there were some, uh, some players that, the coaches wanted to keep on that they had already gotten familiar with from their freshman year. And I was yeah. not a part of that. So I missed out sophomore year of baseball. And then what I did instead in junior year is I played tennis. So I went out for the tennis team. First time I ever picked up a tennis racket, like, and stepped onto the tennis court was uh tryouts junior year. And I ended up making the team and uh, yeah, it, I played junior and senior year. I was actually a tennis instructor for three years in college. Nice. And uh, I don't think I was ever particularly good at tennis, but I was good at coaching it. And, uh, you know, that's what they say is those who can't do teach. And so that's that's what I did. Um, my summer job for the next three years in college was as a tennis instructor. And then when I, I didn't ever compete in it, but um, for about eight years, I, I trained MMA. Oh wow! So I again never never did a fight or anything, or never even sparred really. But like you know, I went through all the technique training and had a personal trainer for a while, and um, did some classes and group sessions. And uh, for a very short period, I had a personal boxing trainer here in the Twin Cities, but uh, unfortunately, he proved pretty unreliable, so I had to fire him. <laughs> <laughs> but then during the pandemic, I built my own boxing gym in my garage, so it uh, it worked out. Look at this! This is. I'm telling you, you could take bigger than a dog. That's all I'm... <laughs> that, that bear is going to get caught in a right. Kirafuda clutch or something. I don't know. Animal, <laughs> animals have freakish strength, so I don't want to <laughs> underestimate any, yeah, any animal. Right. 
till it sees a triangle choke or whatnot. Uh, <laughs> 23 favorite sport to watch MMA. That's yeah. the only sport that I really watch. Like, uh, I don't want to say religiously because I've definitely fallen off a little bit. Like, I used to watch it religiously. Like, every Saturday, I would just be watching the UFC broadcast. Now it's like they, I feel like they've diluted their product a little bit with having, having so many, um, yeah, events and everything. So it's hard to keep up with in that regard. But that's the one I watch the most outside of that. Like, if you want to talk about like stick and ball sports, it's uh, football, American football. Yeah, gotcha. Like, I like the NFL. 24 theme parks yeah yeah i like theme parks uh i growing up i was never a big roller coaster kid i was i was a little afraid of them a little bit not a fan of how they make your stomach feel yeah um now as an adult i ride most roller coasters though like you look at the kind of the most extreme ones i'll say ah no thanks i'd prefer not to feel like i'm gonna throw up my intestines as we do that giant (laughs) straight down 90 degree drop um but you know if there's there's some mild loopage involved i'll do it if there's like a decent size hill i'll do it but yeah no thanks on like the the ones that just make make you think that oh well those people are going to die because they're on that yeah. roller coaster <laughs> the truly defying gravity at certain points like but yeah, yeah I'm, I'm more a... of a uh i'm more of a water park guy myself give me mm. a good water slide i love yeah. a good water slide and then you just transition straight to the lazy river i'm a big lazy river guy that or that are a tide pool oh all day all day <laughs> absolutely yeah oh yeah the the wave pools are so good yeah. uh like yeah, just lots of great stuff going on at the water park. And even the water rides in like a normal theme park, like the, I don't know what it's called normally, but it's like you get in like the circular raft and you go down like the rapids and everything. And yeah. I, I know that like when I was growing up, it was called Renegade Rapids, but I forget what, uh, I don't know what it's called, like at a, a standard theme park. Oh, I think they, you know, depending on where you are, they all have their own different flavor, but you know what you're in for. It's, uh... Yeah, there's like eight people on, like, the circular raft just going around. That Those are fun. I love those. Those are the best. Uh, 25, dubbed the Ron Bennington, after famous radio personality. Ah. I actually, uh, met Fez one time. (gasps) Did you really? This is amazing. Yeah, rest in peace, buddy. Yeah, R.I.P. um, So I was actually... I was in studio with Opie and Anthony. Oh. And uh you know, I, I I was lucky enough to go in studio during like kind of the heyday of that show. Yeah. I have a friend, I'm, I'm friends with uh E-Rock who used to be their producer. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. he invited me into the studio and I got to watch a show from like the sound booth and met that whole crew and you know, as we were getting to the tail end of the show, Fez came into the sound booth and I got to meet him and What a uh, legend. I did see uh, Ron, but I didn't get a chance to say hi to him. But I did get to do a show with uh, Eastside Dave, if you remember him. Oh, I remember him <laughs> well for uh, for for a lot of reasons. I'll say. <laughs> yeah, he. I was I was doing a E Rock show, and like I guess uh, Dave had a show on the, that channel afterwards. And this yeah. is actually the, I believe it was the Wii U launch. So I went and did a show at SiriusXM with E Rock, and then. Um, we all went out to dinner, and then I went to the Wii U launch that night, wow. and uh, at the New York, uh, the New York Nintendo store, and uh, you know that was one of the first time I met Reggie Fizame as well. So there was a lot of a uh, 
This, I'm a big New York fan. I love New York. <laughs> this is incredible. Yeah, you've you've hobnobbed with the best of them. It seems like here. Uh, but yes, to question twenty-five. You're standing in a wrestling ring, and a wave of nine-year-olds, a random mix of boys and girls, are coming down to that ring to fight you. How many nine-year-olds could you beat in this fight? Oh man, I I know that this is uh this is a good variation on. A question that Ron Bennington has asked several oh, people. Yeah. So uh <laughs> I, I appreciate the reference there. I'm gonna say it, it, they're they're gonna eventually gonna overrun me, right? Because like strength in numbers. Yeah. I think that I could hold my own for a while as they are uh coming in. There's because I'm assuming it's gonna start as a slow trickle one by one. They're gonna start coming up and you know, you can you can one shot them uh <laughs> yeah a, a solid kick or a, a throw out of the ring but uh maybe by like the the 16 or 17 mark they're gonna start overwhelming you and uh, i think that's probably where fortunes will start swinging it the other way yeah i think that's very fair i, th I think that's a very respectable number yeah <laughs> 26 what's a game you know you can win guitar hero Oh, for a while, I was uh, one of the top players in the state of Maryland. Wow. Um, I used to, uh, back when I was in college, I played competitively and, you know, I, I would just go to like the local game shops and they would have like tournaments and everything. And I won hundreds upon hundreds of dollars in prizes playing wow. just in my local college town. Um, I remember I won like $400 in like gift cards at like a local tournament and then like there was a while where I didn't pay for a single Guitar Hero game because I would go to the <laughs> GameStop at my college mall and I would win the tournament. It was like a shoe-in, right? Like there was no one who was going to beat me. So I would win the tournament and the prize was always you'd get a gift card equal to the amount of whatever the new Guitar Hero game was. They would have the tournament at like leading up to the midnight launch. Yeah. And then whoever won would get like the gift card that was equivalent of the new game. So it's like, I would just okay, well, cool, I'm not going to pay for this one because I'm just going to go win the tournament and get the gift card and then, like, pay for it that way. That is incredible. Do you have any... Now I'm I'm pretty rusty, but, like, you know, I uh, I still can play almost every song on Expert. Do you, do you have a personal favorite out of the... Because, uh, obviously, they've touched on, you know, a, a huge litany of songs there. Uh, you're asking, like, favorite game or favorite song Favorite to play? song to play across all the guitar heroes. I remember the one that's like my go-to, especially if I'm like at an arcade, they have the Guitar Hero 3 arcade cabinet. Mm. I really like Blue Oyster Cult, Cities on Flame with Rock and Roll. Mm. It's just Classic. a really fun uh, note progression, and uh, it's just fun once you get going. Like you, you feel like your fingers are flying around, <laughs> and uh, you know it was, it's a good one. That's fantastic. At the height of my powers, I might have said something like uh, Megadeth's Hangar 18, which is just unreasonably difficult, but like I was good <laughs> enough that I could keep up. Nowadays, I feel like my fingers would fall off. I tried to play that song on expert. <laughs> uh, 27. What topic can you discuss the most? I mean, probably video games. <laughs> it seems just, like a slam you know, dunk a, there. Yeah. It's been a hobby of mine since I was a little, little kid. Uh, since, you know, the early nineties, maybe even late eighties, I've been playing video games for, more than 30 years at this point and you know it's been my profession for about half that time you know i've, I've been in the industry uh even in a part-time capacity for 
15 plus years at this point. So it's got to be video games. But like also, you know, I'm, I'm I, I can talk a lot about MMA as well. Um, talking about my favorite bands, I could probably go on and on and about. But yeah, probably video games is the slam dunk choice. Yeah. For a while there, it would have been baseball. Ooh. Back 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 in middle school, I would you could not have shut me up about baseball. <laughs> well, those Orioles, you gotta. <laughs> hey, they had a good year this year. <laughs> Twenty eight. Favorite place you visited? Tokyo. Mm. Just a, a city that like before that, I probably before I went to Tokyo for the first time in 2019, the answer probably would have been Nice, France. Oh, but. Oh, man, just Tokyo is just the city that I it, it gets my soul. Like, you know, there's obviously like so many amazing things that come out of Tokyo, whether you're talking about like game development and everything. Um, but yeah, there's uh, like just the vibes of Akihabara, Shibuya, uh, Shinjuku, just so many great areas. I've had amazing food there. Mm. I, I could get lost in Tokyo and never complain once. Like the, the public transit is amazing. Speaking of not getting lost, like the, the train system in Tokyo is so easy to understand, even if you don't speak Japanese. Wow. Um, you know, Meiji Shrine is just an unbelievable like oasis of like forest in the middle of this sprawling metropolis. I love it. Um, yeah. Tokyo is a slam dunk. I I did go to Osaka for the first time last year, and that was an incredible city as well. I'd love to visit more places in in Japan, but it seems like Tokyo is always going to be probably the place that I end up going because uh, that's where a lot of the development studios are based. But you know, Osaka has Capcom, which is why I was there. Uh, yeah. Tokyo has things like Pokemon is there, like a uh, Game Freak. That's that's who I visited the first time I went there. Um, you know, there's places like Square Enix are in Tokyo. There's all kinds of developers in tokyo but that that's kind of the excuse that i always have and also tokyo game show oh but yeah true i'd love to visit more places in japan because every every time i've gone to japan i'm like man there's so many cool places that i've just never even like thought about going that i would love to go to that is always number one on my bucket list like it is a must visit you know you have to it's amazing and also the the arcades are so cool to go into mm. and I remember when I was in Tokyo last year. Um, so I went to, I flew into Tokyo, took the bullet train to Osaka, was there for most of the trip. And I was like, I want to go and have just one night in Tokyo before I fly back. So I took, I booked an earlier bullet train to go to Tokyo. And I remember I was walking from where I was staying. Um, it was kind of like on the outskirts of Akihabara. So I was like, I'm just going to walk there. It was like a, maybe a mile walk to where I was meeting my coworker, Alex. And uh, I, I walked and I was just like, it, you know, Tokyo is uh, in, in like the kind of not touristy areas. It's kind of quiet at times, especially during the day. Mm. And I was walking and I, I heard a bunch of music and I was like, oh, what's that? And like a lot of like hustle and bustle. And I walked over and there was like a street festival going on. And I just walked through there and it was like kind of like these like all these food vendors set up. And I just bought like. I kind of did like a progressive lunch where I went from like one vendor. I, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to get like doughy balls with the the octopus inside of it. Oh, uh, takoyaki, takoyaki. Takoyaki. Yeah. And so I got some of that and I got like these like cookies that this other person was making like fresh. And then I got like this noodle dish from this other guy. And I, I remember I showed up with 
to my coworker. I had like four things in like a to-go container. I'm like, hey, I got us lunch. And we just sat on the because like there's like no outdoor seating or anything like in the area that we were at. So we just went down a back alley and sat on a curb and we're just like eating all this amazing like Japanese street food. That was a really fun memory. Oh, yeah. I love just like the surprises around every corner in in Tokyo. Oh, that's amazing. Amazing. Uh, question 29. What's your catchphrase? Have one. Um, <laughs> you know, if I had a catchphrase, it would probably be in my podcast because, you know, I mean, I guess the, the, the kind of unofficial catchphrase of all things Nintendo has become with what time? Because I'll talk about, oh, I want to play that, but with what time? <laughs> um, so I guess, I mean, that's the closest thing I have to <laughs> a catchphrase, I guess. Fits the theme for the month, too, with all these uh, with all these big releases here. Yeah. Uh, question 30. What's the best costume or cosplay you ever wore? I actually just posted uh, kind of a throwback to my favorite recent Halloween costumes because I didn't get to do one this year. So I was like, hey, here's a throwback to some other ones. Oh. Back when I had long hair, because like in 2020 into 2021, I just grew my hair out and it got down to about my shoulders. I did Johnny Silverhand, a.k.a. Keanu Reeves character from Cyberpunk 2077. Yes. You know, I bought like a, a sleeve that looks like a robot arm. I got like dog tags that like look like the ones he wore. And I had a, uh, a actually have a, a jacket that is for his band in the game. So I had that on and have a guitar and everything that I could I could uh, use. And that was one of my best cosplays. And I actually had like a neon sign that I used to like I turned off all the lights <laughs> and just had the neon sign as the light. And I took I did like a photo shoot of my own. Like I set up a tripod with my phone and everything and like oh, took the rules. pictures myself. And uh, they turned out really good. And I'm like, man, if only like I could have like done something. This is like. 2021 so like you know we were just starting to get kind of like comfortable with going back in like groups of people and everything yeah. so i didn't really do like a real photo shoot i didn't really go anywhere with the costume but i was like hey, i want to do something like that i also was a big fan of my tony stark that i did back in uh 2019 Ooh. so this is coming off of Endgame. so like everybody was still all about like the avengers stuff and everything so i shaved my facial hair like tony stark i, I have his sunglasses that he wore in an infinity war and uh I just wore a suit and I had an Iron Man hand that I, I wore under the suit. Oh, that's good. That's so very it, good. <laughs> it was a, it was a good costume and I'd like to wear it again at some point when I, I get the, uh, the facial hair down just a little bit more. Cause I had the facial hair was a little bit too short for it. This in the pictures, but I, I could do it now when they inevitably yeah. revive him in some future movie. Yeah. We could <laughs> make it thematic. So yeah, I would say those are my two favorites that I've done. Fantastic. Uh, 31. Have you ever had anything named after you? I don't think so. I know Game Informer, I, I, I convinced our, our coffee shop that was by our old office because they had a bunch of drinks named after local businesses, like in the, in the area. Yeah. And I was like, Hey, there's nothing for Game Informer here. We're a local business. <laughs> and so they, they renamed the drink of the month as the Game Informer drink of the month because we had like, you know, in our issues, we had a game of the month back then. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, now we just, now we just label things as like kind of like must plays instead of like singling out one game as the game of the month. Um, so we had the game of Game Informer drink of the month, but nothing named specifically after me. I don't think not that I can recall. Okay. Hey, tomorrow's another day. You never know. Uh, 
32 hobby you've dedicated the most time to? I mean, gaming. (laughs) (laughs) Dedicated my life to it, basically, at this point. Um, True. I like organizing, like, my card collections. I mean, outside of, like, gaming itself, that's probably something that, like, I've done. Like, I I hate it in the moment, but the satisfaction of getting everything organized and slotted away is something that's, like, just a supremely satisfying feeling. Like, I've done it with baseball cards. I've done it with my Pokemon cards. Mm. Um, But, like... The answer is boring gaming. Again, <laughs> <laughs> slam dunk right there. I mean, maybe maybe working out also. Like, but like you know, even if I work out one hour a day, I'm playing more than one hour a day of video games most most of the time. Yeah, true. Kind of counteract. Like it, it's outpacing everything else. Yeah. Uh, Thirty-three. Who's a celebrity you've had a crush on? I mean, it's always easy when you're like you're watching a show. And like you see the same person time and time and time again to like be like, okay, I'm like really like I, I'm infatuated with this this actor or actress. Yeah. Uh, for me, like you know that that happens often where it's like I'll like I'll watch a show and like you start to feel like you get to know that 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 actor or actress even though like they're they're obviously playing a character. So like you know like watching uh I'm I'm currently rewatching Dexter right now. So like uh. um. I think her name is Julie Benz, who is the actress who played Rita. And, uh, you know, she just she I I like her a lot as an actress. I think she's a great character as well. So, like, you know, you start being like, oh, yeah, like she's she's really awesome. And like, uh, I don't know if it's like a full on crush status or anything, but like, you know, it's kind of like in that vein or like same thing with the the actress who played Kim Wexler in Mm. uh, in Better Call Saul. Um, but I, I can tell you that the ones that I've had in college, which are totally going to be like, oh yeah, that's of that era <laughs> were, uh, Lindsay Lohan and Jessica Simpson. Yeah. That checks out. Yeah. That, uh... <laughs> you can tell the exact, you can pinpoint the exact years. I was a freshman in college when you, when you hear that. Excellent choices. Excellent choices all around. Uh, 34. What's the strangest job you ever had? I mean, tennis instructors probably up there. Um, my first job ever was as a, uh, associate at Blockbuster Video. So, if you, I mean, that, that's weird in the sense of, again, it, it tells you the exact, <laughs> the exact time that, yeah, or when I was in high school, um, I was a social media consultant. This isn't like weird as much as it's just like out of nowhere. I was a social media consultant for the Lyme disease research foundation hmm. at Johns Hopkins university. Oh, wow. Um, which was just a research, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. It's a research foundation devoted to Lyme disease. Yeah. And, um, you know, they they wanted to expand their social media reach, so that they hired me on for three months. And just kind of like a weekly, I would go into the office and just, like, work with some of the people and help design, like, a website and, like, a social media strategy and everything. So that was a kind of an out of left field job. I mean, I think tennis instructor probably takes it. I this isn't really a a job as much as it was an internship, but I was the teaching assistant for Gandhi's grandson. Wow, okay. So, Arun Gandhi, um who lived with him during like the revolutionary stuff in India. Yeah. Um, you know, he was doing a uh kind of a, a residency for a semester at my school, my college. When I was a senior and I, I wanted to and I, I was his teaching assistant for a semester, which was kind of interesting. I didn't really get to interact with them all that much because mostly just like 
you know, he it was a weekly class and he was there one week out of the month. So he would come by one week out of the month and give a, uh, a lecture. And I basically, w- alongside one of the other teaching assistants, would run the class the other days. And um, then, of course, like you know, there's other like interesting things of like getting to uh, you know like clean up like some of the stuff. Like like I remember like after he moved out of like the the residence that they let him stay in, like they asked me if I would go over and like clean up his his stuff after like he moved out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was it's just like a, a very out of nowhere, out of left field opportunity that I had, and it was it's kind of a cool thing. That's absolutely a cool thing. It- the more of these stories you keep pulling out, it, this is amazing. The, <laughs> what a life. 35. Book you'd recommend the world to read. Ooh. Now I'm really, really thinking about it. Uh, right now I'm reading Stephen King's On Writing, which is just Ooh. basically his memoirs, and it's really, really interesting to me. Um, I, I'm a big fan of memoirs and, you know, I mean, we talked about Stone Temple Pilots and how much I love them. I, I liked Scott Weiland's memoir, um, which, you know, kind of morbid in, in hindsight because, you know, he was noted for having a, a life full of, uh, drug addiction and, and substance abuse and, yeah. You know, he at the time I think he was sober that he wrote that, and he, you know he had kind of it ended kind of on a hopeful message of like you know all those struggles are behind me, and then you know fast forward probably four years and unfortunately died of an overdose. So that's kind of a in hindsight a, a more difficult one to read. Um, but yeah, I'm really enjoying Stephen King's on writing. God, it's I'm, I'm looking at my bookshelf now. <laughs> I mean, Console Wars is a great one. Like, if you want to kind of understand, like, the video game landscape. One that was kind of early on, that was kind of like a formative book for me, was, you know, I'm an Orioles fan. Uh, Cal Ripken Jr. had a, a autobiography called The Only Way I Know. Hmm. And it was kind of, like, again, like, kind of focused on, like, doing things as best you can. Like, doing, like, always putting 100% of your effort in the things that you do. And, uh, you know, obviously a lot about his upbringing and, as well. Um, but you know, I actually have an autographed copy of that book because my oh, wow. grandmother went to a midnight launch that he was doing and he did a book signing as well. And I'm still to this day upset that my parents didn't let me go because it was a school night. Oh. Um, but a midnight launch was, I mean, for a book. Wait, that's. I mean, it was like a, like a it was like a Barnes and Noble or, or Borders or something. It was yeah. holding like this event in Baltimore. And Cal Ripken was showing up to do a book signing and my grandmother and her friend went and like a bunch of other Orioles players showed up. I'm like, I was so upset that like my parents didn't. I'm still to this day. I'm like, I can't believe you guys didn't let me go to that. (laughs) One Um, fake sick day. That's all I needed. One. I mean, that was my that was my hero growing up was Cal Ripken. Yeah. And to still having never met him uh, is (sighs) is very frustrating to me. But yeah, I mean, that's that those are I don't really have like a, a rock solid answer for this one. But I mean, those are ones that I would recommend. No, those are real solid. Yeah. 36. A movie that always makes you laugh. Dumb and Dumber. Ooh, yeah, I, I can turn that on at any point. I mean, also like the early Adam Sandler movies like Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, uh, Wedding Singer to a lesser extent, but still very funny movie. Uh, Waterboy. Like yeah. that era of comedy was just 
unparalleled. And, um, you know, even like more recent ones, like I love old school. Mm. Uh, the early Will Ferrell stuff is also like right up there. But, uh, you know, also shout out Chris Farley, like uh, Black Sheep, Tommy Boy, stuff like that. Beverly Hills Ninja. Yeah. Uh, those are all classics as well. But uh, yeah, Dumb and Dumber is the answer. That's it's, it's an all timer. Really is. Uh, 37. What's the worst movie you've ever seen? Worst movie. Oh, man. <laughs> the one that caused me the most psychic damage is probably B movie. <laughs> I don't know if it's the worst movie I've ever seen. Oh, the Jerry Seinfeld animated the Jerry Seinfeld deal? one where it's yeah. like a woman falls in romantic love with a bee. <laughs> um, it, I remember a, a friend had me watch that with her over the course of the pandemic, like we were both kind of being careful and like we were, we only had each other to hang out with really, because like we had to, we were both being very careful and like other people weren't. So like, we were just like, okay, well I know you were careful. You know, I'm careful. Let's hang out and like watch a movie or something and whatever. And we watched B movie on her suggestion. (laughs) And I remember just being like emotionally distraught at that movie, (laughs) but not for like the reasons that they were probably hoping for. Yeah. Like I just remember being like irrationally, stressed out by that movie and i don't know why i don't recall entirely why but she was even like if i knew it would have this effect on you i would not have recommended we watch it (laughs) um but i remember the first movie and actually not i'm not gonna try to name drop but i I bonded with seth rogan over this answer Mm -hmm. the first bad movie that we ever saw both of us and like realizing as kids oh bad movies exist was the, the the live action super mario brothers movie yeah um that was the first one that I was like, oh, that's pretty bad. But I think I even liked the Ninja Turtles 3 worse. The one where they go back in time oh, to Japan. Right, yeah. I think I disliked that one even more. So, I mean, that might be... Uh, all All those are my nebulous answer. <laughs> they're, they're all up on the podium. They're all up there. Uh, 38? Who's your favorite actor or actress? Probably... This is super mainstream, but probably Brad Pitt, honestly. Like, I think he's like one of the few remaining movie stars. He is almost always in great movies. Like, whether you're talking like Fight Club or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or Bullet Train, like, just so many great movies that he's been in. And I mean, in that same vein, with uh, talking about movie stars in an era where there's not a lot of movie stars left, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. And that once upon a time in Hollywood got me thinking about him too. Like both of them are just unbelievable in those movies. Um but yeah, those are those are two of the all-time greats and you know probably the the two biggest movie stars of the generation. But like in terms of actors that had like a real significant impact on me, I mean it's probably Robert Downey Jr as Iron Man. Like that that singular role. Yeah. He's just born for that right like he's just unbelievable in that role and i i can't think of a a better casting and he i mean him playing iron man the way he did is the reason that all of the universes that exist now exist in like movies and tv shows and games and everything because like without the mcu we don't have dc trying to build the universe they've been trying to build we don't have (laughs) the dark the dark pictures, uh, or not dark pictures, uh, the dark universe oh, that course. Universal tried to pick <laughs> and, that and failed, failed after the mummy after one try. Yeah, <laughs> like we don't have all these companies trying to make their own universes without the perfect casting that was Robert Downey Jr. 
Yeah, they literally put they they tied every wagon to Iron Man one and just said, "Go out there." And what a risk that was at the time as well, because he was just coming out of all this trouble that he was having in his personal life, legal trouble. And like, he was in need of like a hit and a revival of his career. And boy, did he get it. Like it it was like, they hitched their, their, all their hopes on this troubled actor at the time. And he came through in spades. Right. Yeah. I mean, he was like, he had like Chaplin in like 98 and then was like the butt of jokes for like five years because he's Mm -hmm. just like this, you know, actor going through all these struggles of classic Robert Downey Jr. And then he became the biggest star on the planet in like, what? Oh, I don't even remember when the first Iron Man was. Oh, seven, maybe? I think it was oh, seven. Uh, yeah, just absolutely wild that they bet everything on him and he knocked it out of the park. Bet everything on him, but also a character that was a notoriously like C-list superhero. It wasn't Spider-Man or X-Men that they mm-hmm. were doing. It was... Freaking Iron Man, which nowadays it's a household name, but back then it was like, Iron Man, really? That's the one you're going with? Yeah, the guy, the robot suit, that's the one? Yeah. <laughs> the, <laughs> right. the, the the genius, but also kind of nerd. <laughs> but like, they, you know, they rehabilitated his image. Boy, oh boy. It, it, they did an incredible job. Can't deny it. Uh, 39. How cool was it in Jurassic Park when the raptors are running through the kitchen? It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) There's some cool dinosaur moments in those movies. Uh, Regardless of the quality of some of those films, um, there are some very, very cool dinosaur moments. And you can't take that away. I love them. I love them, dear. Uh, Question 40. First show as a kid you got really into? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Nice iconic theme song iconic animation style the action figures it has it all yeah when they had mike Patton from faith no more do the shredder's revenge version of teenage Mutant Ninja turtles like that that same theme song from the animated series i was in heaven like i was like that's (laughs) incredible that they got that what a what a venn diagram of really (laughs) too perfect it was perfect uh but uh yeah that was that and then that eventually gave way to power rangers yeah also, the Sonic the Hedgehog animated series. Yeah. The Saturday morning one was incredible, but I also love the adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. Remember, they had two concurrent Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> cartoons from Sonic at the time. But then Pokemon took over my life as well, like in the late 90s. That was kind of the lineage there <laughs> of my, <laughs> my animation obsession. 41. Who should play you in a movie of your life? Man, if I keep this beard and grow my hair out again, maybe Keanu, but... <laughs> we'll get him on the horn. We'll get him on the yeah, horn. Call him up. I mean, I've I remember the I got in an Uber one time, and I don't I don't think I see it, but I got into an Uber one time, and it was in L.A. So I'm assuming that Uber drivers sometimes get famous people in their their cars. Oh, I'm sure. And he asked me if I was the actor from Lucifer, and. I don't see it personally, but I was like, okay, well, maybe he would be an answer. I don't know, but he's also <laughs> British, I think. So maybe that wouldn't work. Uh, you know, I've seen some American accents pulled off pretty well. We could. Uh... A lot of British actors are great at American accents. Yeah. I think everyone has that moment with a certain British actor where there's like, oh, they're, they're British? I didn't even know. <laughs> oh, it's so weird when Tom Holland doesn't do an American accent after seeing him as Spider-Man and, and Nathan Drake and everything. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, oh, that's 
interesting to hear that voice come out of his mouth. <laughs> his normal voice. <laughs> 40, 42. Who's the biggest celebrity you ever met in person? Oh, man. In person. And we're not counting Fez Watley. We know he would be number one. No. But... <laughs> Good old Fez. I mean, Colin Kaepernick's probably up there. Yeah. Um, Jack Black. Mm-hmm. Right around the time that Baby Driver came out, I played Destiny with Ansel Elgort. Oh, wow. <laughs> the star of... Uh, let's see. I'm going to... I'm going to... I mean, Shigeru Miyamoto might be up there. True. Just based on, like, his impact and, like, how recognizable he is. I, I have a... I'm looking at, like, my Instagram album of, like, people I've met um, in person. Because I was... I, I've interviewed quite a few movie stars over Zoom. Um, I mean, I mean, maybe one of the. It's, this is funny because I completely forgot that I met him. But maybe the one of the most famous people in general was kind of at the height of his popularity. I met PewDiePie at like a party. Mm-hmm. Um, I've interviewed Gerard Way, the singer of My Chemical Romance. Wow. Um, yeah. I'm just looking at like all these pictures that i have um yeah i mean those are probably i hey i i interviewed uh tom kenny and uh bill fagenbaum who are the voice of uh spongebob and patrick i got and that's that was a dream scenario too because like nickelodeon emailed me out of the blue and like hey we're doing like a spongebob thing at san diego comic-con this week uh do you want to come interview the voice actors of spongebob and patrick i'm like do i yeah of course (laughs) not only that but like the interview took place on an orange couch and there was a big nickelodeon sign behind it i'm like this is the greatest day of my life (laughs) they did this just for me this was all put together just for this uh one of them i'll say in retrospect i'm much more of a nerd about because i had never watched uh clone wars or rebels until the pandemic I don't know if you're a fan of uh, the Star Wars animated shows. I, um, I am of the movies. I haven't I haven't gotten into the shows, but yeah. The the voice actress of Ahsoka, um, Ashley Eckstein. Um, Ahsoka became one of my favorite. Probably actually no, absolutely my favorite character in all of Star Wars. Wow. And but I hadn't seen it at the time. But I was out in San Diego Comic Con appearing on a podcast, and she was like one of the guests with me, and I was like, oh yeah, like. I know that you're like a voice actress and you have like your own like clothing line and everything. That's cool. And like got a picture with her and like the, the rest of the people on the podcast and everything. And then like I was watching Clone Wars and I'm like, oh, Soka's really awesome. And then like <laughs> I went back and I was like looking at my pictures. I'm like, wait a second. I've like been on a podcast with the voice actress of Ahsoka. I'm like, this is awesome. Like in, in retrospect, it's a much cooler thing. You know, four years after it actually happened, I'm like geeking out about this. <laughs> <laughs> you had this memento moment of like piecing together your own past. <laughs> exactly. It was like, oh my God, like that's so cool. But uh, I mean, yeah, like I've met several UFC fighters, but like, you know, they're they're not as mainstream as like a lot of like like Colin Kaepernick, I think is probably the answer at this point, just because uh a lot of people uh know him. Yeah. Um a lot of, whether they like him or they don't, but um, you know. He's he's a very well-known person. Yeah, no, 100%. Question 43. TV show or podcast that you love, but you don't think anyone else knows about? 
Ooh. When you when you started it, I had a podcast in mind, but I can't say that because it's uh while it probably not a lot of people listening to this show know about it, it is one of the most popular MMA podcasts out there. So mm. I uh shout out to the co-main event podcast, one of the best podcasts running, uh, if you're a an MMA fan. But um I feel like I'm in a constant state of just being like catching up on all the biggest stuff, whether it's Star Wars or Marvel or just like the latest hotness that people are like, oh, my God, you got to watch this show like Severance or whatever. And it's like, I feel like I'm in a constant state of that. Um, I mean, this is a another pretty big. Well-known company that puts this out. But. um the opus it's called hmm. it's a podcast and they take often the, the the core conceit is they take iconic albums whether it's uh electric ladyland by Jimi hendrix or uh dirt by alice in chains or um you know just any number of of uh let's see blizzard of oz by ozzy osbourne i'm just looking at kind of like the stuff that they have yeah and they break it down from different angles over the course of a season. And it's like you learn so much about like the the behind the scenes stories, the impact that it had. Sometimes like I think they had like an, a season on Whitney Houston. And like what they did was like they actually had like a, a scientist come on and explain like the science behind the oomph that her voice is able to produce. Oh, wow. And it's like there's some really cool angles that they approach like the it's from. uh consequence of sound uh is the outlet that produces it but yeah that's one that i love um if you want like something that is a uh like kind of i think that i don't know if they're still going i haven't listened to them in a while but there is a uh, i think it's called big orange couch and it's a retrospective nickelodeon mm. podcast um and i was listening to them for a long time but i've kind of fallen off um just in in favor of a billion other podcasts <laughs> that i try to keep up with so yeah, I mean, I guess those are my answers. Those are some fantastic answers, yeah. Uh, 44, favorite comedian? Of all time, I'll probably say Mitch Hedberg. Yeah. Um, But it's funny, because I've met this guy twice. I've never seen him live. But Bill Burr. Oh, yeah. So he was in studio when I was at, the, uh, at Opie and Anthony um, the first time. So I got to uh, meet him, get a picture with him. And then I was at a um, I was at an E3 party and he was the host of the party. Oh, wow. And it was a small room. It was a private event. So like it was like a small thing with only a couple hundred people. And he was the MC. And I remember going up and just chatting with him for a little bit. Um, and he's always been a, a really good guy to like just talk to. I mean, never like in-depth conversation. I, I didn't have that much time with him, but like. You know, he's always been friendly and like, uh, you know, he, uh, he his podcast is incredible. Yeah. If you've ever listened to the Monday morning podcast, uh, just one of the consistently funniest podcasts I've ever heard in my life. Um, and I, I've watched his specials and like I, I consume all of his other stuff as well. Like F is for family, which is his show on Netflix. 
Um, and you know, he was, he's a great actor in his own right as well. Like if you've ever seen him on Breaking Bad, like he's a great actor. He's better like, than he should be. I'm, I'm even going to throw that out there. Like I, I did not expect him to be nearly as good as he actually is. And he's, he gets a lot of roles now, like in movies. I think he was in like that Pete Davidson movie, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah. But he's, he's in some like fairly high profile movies. Um, but I, yeah, but he's, he's a very good actor. But also hilarious comedian. Yeah. No, great, great answers. 45 best Saturday Night Live cast member. I mean, Will Ferrell's probably up there. It's probably a lot of the ones that I've already mentioned, like Adam <laughs> Sandler, Chris Farley, Will Ferrell. Yeah. Um, in, in terms of pure enjoyment, it's probably got to be uh, Chris Farley. Just somebody who just went for it in every single sketch they were in. Um, God, now you have me wanting to look up like SNL cast members. <laughs> Some of their alma mater is uh, it's like it, it all is. times, all time greats. I mean, Tina Fey was always great. Um, I'm, I'm just like I'm literally refreshing my memory of our, yeah, who was in it. I mean, Bill Murray, I think underappreciated in his SNL years. Oh, for sure, for SNL appearances. Um, I know a lot of people, he gets a lot of hate, but I liked Jimmy Fallon on SNL. I thought like when I was in high school, I think that was around the time he was on it, but like, I thought it was hilarious how often he broke. Yeah. Yeah. Those there's, I think probably Chris Farley though. Yeah. I I always quote it on this show whenever he comes up, but, uh, I think it was in Jay Moore's book. He just described him as like the sun walked into the room when he walked in, like he just had that energy and that's. Now, every anytime I see an old sketch with him, it's like, yeah, he just exuded that energy. He was un, God, and I love Jay Moore. Yeah, oh yeah, hilarious. I he I I met him once as well after one of his shows. I got to talk with him. He was he was one of the friendliest comedians I've ever met in my life. Wow. Um, and it's funny because I took a picture with him, and that picture was actually what motivated me to get into shape. <laughs> <laughs> because I hated the way I looked in it so much. Like, I was just like, I don't know. I was just like, man, like, because it was like, I just had my first office job had started like a few months prior to that. And I was like eating bagels that people were bringing in all the time. But like, I, I still look at that picture and I'm like, yeah, it was, it was time to do something about that. <laughs> like, so it's interesting that like a picture with Jay Moore is the Jay Moore the one that changed your life. <laughs> Jay Moore changed my life. And this was in shape Jay Moore. Cause I think he also had like a phase where he was, he was, uh, He's talked about it where he was he was kind of out of shape and everything, but this was in shape Jay Moore that I was I was uh, next to, so it made the the contrast even worse. <laughs> oh, amazing! Forty six. What's the nerdiest thing you've done? Nerdiest thing? Uh, I mean, become a video game journalist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd say it qualifies. Um, I mean, I have a lot of like it, just out of view of you. Uh, I have three giant display cases like my basement where i'm recording this is just a shrine to nerdiness like <laughs> i have it I, I have two full binders of pokemon cards organized by pokedex number perfect i have um you know three t giant ikea display cases that i can tap right here that have just a massive collection of figures and collectibles and like random knickknacks of different 
franchises and everything. <laughs> I think just this accumulation. I've, I've built a mini arcade in my basement, like it, right off camera. I have a Street Fighter 2, uh, Mortal Kombat 2, and Marvel vs. Capcom 2 cabinet. Ooh, good selection. Uh, back in the yeah. corner, I have NFL Blitz and NBA Jam. So yeah, I, I've I think just this basement is probably my answer if my job doesn't qualify. <laughs> Looking at the judges, yeah, they're gonna allow it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, forty-seven least favorite state. Least favorite state. Oh man, I haven't been to all of the states, so that makes it tricky. Like I don't know, Utah. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. like I've never been to Utah, but that that seems right. It just feels like don't they know. don't have a lot going on. Yeah. I, I'm with it. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Uh, North Dakota. I don't. I, who knows? Step your game up, North Dakota. What are you doing? Up I know. There? I mean, <laughs> I, I got no. I got no hate for North Dakota no. or Utah. I'm just like, of course, not 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 necessarily familiar with uh their their work, their body of <laughs> their work, body of work. Here, Mount Rushmore is nice, but I think that one's South Dakota. I always forget. Uh, forty eight. Best thing you've ever won. I mean, I get, it goes back to that earlier answer of the Guitar Hero tournament. Like, got like a four hundred dollar gift card from winning one of my Guitar Hero tournaments, and I was like, as a broke college student, I was like, this is life changing. <laughs> <laughs> that's as good as gold when you're in college. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that's probably the answer. Like in terms of like prizes. Like I've never like gone on the prices right or anything. So like again, to- tomorrow's another day. We never know. It is. <laughs> uh 49. Is there anything you've collected or had a collection of? Uh, too many things. <laughs> uh Pokemon cards, baseball cards, uh figures for um like Zelda. Uh I have all of the Zelda amiibos. Oh. Um I have a lot of amiibos. <laughs> like it started out as one of those things like, okay, I'll get like the ones that I care about. And then like it just ballooned into, oh, well, they have this one and it's on sale. All right. Uh, sure. I'll buy an Animal Crossing <laughs> Amiibo, even though I've never played Animal Crossing before the New Horizons came out on Switch. Um, Yeah, just a lot of nerd crap, I think, is probably the best answer. Um, I, I collect my issues of Game Informer, uh, all the issues I've appeared in, all the... I mean, all the issues I've appeared in of any publication, because I was writing for OXM before I joined Game Informer. So I have like five or six issues of official Xbox magazine that I also have. Um, But yeah. That's really cool. Uh, Question 50. Dubbed the Ryan Davis Mm. and the last of the fighting questions, I swear. You're in a fight to the death with another person equal to your size. You're offered either an aluminum baseball bat or... A six-inch non-serrated knife, knowing the weapon you don't choose goes to your opponent. So which do you choose, knife or bat? Oh, bat, easily. Easily bat. Yeah, it has the reach, and uh, I also know how to disarm a person of a knife. (laughs) Ooh. Uh, So you get some training under your belt here. Okay, okay. So you're going confidently team bat. Yes. Wow. The reach combination, uh, I think that's the big one. Also, an aluminum bat can do some damage. It can. It can. I mean, a knife can, too. Don't get me wrong. A knife will do some damage, too. Though I am also trained with uh, combat knives. So, But that that's uh, different from a non-serrated blade. True. Um, True. 
but yeah, I, I do know the various ways to attack somebody with a knife if if it came to it. But I think a bat is the answer. I'm not I'm not trained with a bat aside from being a baseball player as a kid, but <laughs> man, like do those Orioles proud, you know? Exactly. Don't you worry. We have plenty more with the great Brian Shea. But first, we got to pay the bills. We got to keep the lights on. Uh, and by doing so, we got to shout out the people who do the music for this show. Like the song you're hearing right now from the Mini Vandals, or the song that's going to place back from break from DJ Williams, the opening song from Diala, or the closing one from Single Friend. And uh, if you're listening to this show going, hey, I'm digging this. Maybe a friend would dig it. Maybe you want to follow us on Twitter, 99QuestionsPod. Maybe you want to send a link to a friend. Maybe you want to give us a five-star review, wherever you're listening. I'd like that. But uh, let's get back to the show. We got one more thing before we get back to the show. Something brand new, something I'm very excited about. It's the 99Questions hotline? Hotline. Sure, that's what we're going to go with. I created a phone number for you to call. You can leave me a voicemail. If you have questions for me, if you have questions about the show, if you have questions for future guests, you can call in, leave a voicemail, and your voice might be the one actually asking the question live on the show. Well, not live. It's pre-recorded. But you know what I mean. I got the number right here. 732-592-9838. That spells out Real Wax Vet. That's right. Real Wax Vet. Like a veterinarian who's really made of wax. I don't know. All the good numbers are taken, so this is the closest one I could get. Real Wax Vet. One more time, that's 732-592-9838. Give it a call, leave a message, have a great day. It. Who knows how many there truly are? Uh, question 51. What's your phone wallpaper right now? It is the uh, key art of Tears of the Kingdom. Nice. The the dive or the uh, the hand? No, him him kind of kneeling on the uh, the edge of one of the islands. Oh, yes, yes, yes. It's basically like the box art, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, before that, it was a Breath of the Wild one. So I'm I'm at least consistent, if nothing else. <laughs> the Tears of the Kingdom. It was real dang good, let me tell you. Very much is. 52. What's the last thing you Googled? Oh, man. Let's see if I can bring up my history here. Anything that's not wildly compromising. I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Do I... How do I even do that? You know, the, it's becoming a tough <laughs> oh, question. Oh, here we go. Question. Yeah. 
Oh, I was having a problem with my Instagram app where I, when I would post a photo or I would upload a photo before I posted it, for some reason, it was just washing out all the colors. Like it was just like oh, adjusting the brightness like all the way up. And it ended up being a glitch because I uninstalled it and reinstalled it and it worked just fine. But that was my last Google search was, is this like a known issue or <laughs> what? And nobody had an answer. So I, thankfully, I figured it out on my own with by uninstalling and reinstalling. So nothing... Nothing scandalous or uh, scintillating, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately. I was hoping for that New Yorker headline. <laughs> tech tech issues. <laughs> Tr troubleshooting. <laughs> That's, of course, solved with just unplug it and plug it back in. Basically. Uh, 53. You have to name your next pet without seeing them. What do you name them? I actually have this oh. somewhere. Um, my partner and I keep like a, a google doc and you know just different like oh here's restaurants we want to try here's uh like places we want to go tv shows we want to watch and one of them is uh potential pet names <laughs> and uh huevo is one of them oh, uh, which is spanish for egg that's good that's good uh 54 what professional wrestler would you compare yourself to well, when I was growing my hair out, the the owner of the gym I used to belong to would call me Razor Ramon. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You'd always have that toothpick in all the time. <laughs> exactly. Rest in peace, Scott Hall. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I guess, though uh, his, his persona was maybe less <laughs> something I'd like to be compared to, but... I guess, yeah. I mean, but it, there's a lot of uh, professional wrestlers that you maybe don't want to compare <laughs> your personality to. So I guess I'll just go with Razor Ramon. Very fair. Very fair. Uh, a, a baby face Razor remote, you know? <laughs> exactly. Uh, 55. What's your comfort food on a bad day? Uh, love a good taco, but mm. I mean, if I, if I have a good, like, pizza, that, like, if I... If I'm just like, hey, I want to like, I need something that's like super comforting. I'll probably order from like one of the, the pizza spots around here that I really love. Um, there's also a really great burger spot by um, the, the old Game Informer office location that is just like one of the best burgers I've ever had in my life. Wow. But uh, probably pizza if we're just going categorical answer here. <laughs> Are you going just cheese on that pizza? Throw some toppings on there. Uh, my go-to for most of them is going to be pepperoni mushroom or some combination of like that. Yeah. Uh, but like if if you know if I had my druthers, it would be a, a, a just a corner spot somewhere on in Manhattan, right? Just like going up yeah. to like uh, one of the just spots on like the one of the streets. Yeah. Not a, no chains. Just the parlor. Yeah. Buck fifty a slice. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Fifty six favorite smell i mean just really good food cooking like especially something like involving like roasted garlic um mm. but if you're talking like a specific scent and when curry is cooking Ooh. like I, I when i'm cooking my japanese curry and like you know it's it's kind of stewing over the course of like two hours in the pot and it's like you open it up you just get hit in the face with that scent that's so good I remember growing up, I really liked warm vanilla sugar, the uh, Bath and Body Works scent. Mm. <laughs> that was a good one. Um, I like the smell of coffee. 
Uh, that that's a good scent. Yeah. Um, or even just like walking through the coffee bean aisle in <laughs> a grocery store, like that. That's a really good smell. Uh, but yeah, those probably the good ones. <laughs> Take your pick. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting mul- you're you're asking me 99 questions. I'm giving you like 399 <laughs> answers. <laughs> The bang for the buck. Just think about the listener experience here. They're getting so much (laughs) worth it here. Uh, 57. Best candy. Uh, Reese's Outrageous. Reese's Outrageous. It's a candy bar um, with the, you know, Reese's peanut butter, the chocolate on the outside. Mm -hmm. It has caramel in it. I believe it has a peanut butter nougat. And then there's little mini Reese's pieces inside of it as well oh my people always say take five is like the all-time great candy bar pretzel yeah yeah i think that reese's outrageous edges it out and i love take five um if you're going kind of like the more traditional you can find it in any candy aisle i'm going peanut m&m yeah yellow bag classic can't beat it now i want to try this reese's outrageous there are there are two there's there's Reese's outrageous and Reese's nutrageous. You want the outrageous. All right. I'm aiming outrageous. <laughs> yeah, I've been fooled this by is... the nutrageous one before, and I'm like, wait a sec, this is not what I was hoping for. It's they good, but it's again. not what I was hoping for. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. Uh 58. Worst candy. Maybe it's the nutrageous. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a big licorice fan at all. Yeah. It's just it tastes kind of like medicine to me um <laughs> my mom uh you know she instilled the love of peanut m&ms in me but she also loves uh good and plenty and mm. i despise the smell of that and i think that i just have like a knee-jerk reaction to like that scent and i don't think i've ever even eaten them but i hate the smell so I, i'm gonna say that love good hate plenty you know it's a mixed bag in there <laughs> 59 what's a restaurant you'd recommend Oh, boy. I mean, if we're talking Twin Cities, I have a list 500 restaurants long, but I don't know how much that applies to your uh, your <laughs> listener base here. Hey, people, um, are, people are traveling. People are traveling all over. You're in the Twin Cities. Uh, go to Parlor. Go to Smack Shack. Um, there's Nolo's. I'm, I'm just, uh, my brain is only in one spot right now. Uh, Hell's Kitchen. Plenty of bars that I could recommend as well. There's there's a amazing Latin American place called Los Andes that's like really great food and also really cheap, which is a rare combination these days. Yeah. Um, but then yeah, like there's if New York, like we've talked about like the pizza parlors. Just go to like take your pick, really, right? Yeah. Um and don't worry about the 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 famous spots in New York. Like just uh, just they don't almost... go to Sparrow. Yeah, they... <laughs> but like <laughs> If you see a line out the door, like try it one time. But I've I've done the line out the door pizza spots, and they're sometimes better than like the places you can just go to at like four in the morning. But also like sometimes not. Um, Plus, if you're like, out there worth... at four a.m., it, it that's exactly it. It's just not worth the wait. You know, it's like hundred percent. If 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 you're out there for a post bar slice of pizza, you're not waiting anywhere. You know what I mean? Like... Exactly. There's in Austin, there's a, a sub chain called Thundercloud Subs that I used to love. Um, there's also an amazing like uh, Mexican with, I think, some Spanish fusion in there called uh, Las Palomas, Ooh. which is unbelievable, kind of off the beaten path in Austin. Uh, they also have an amazing 
I think it's Mexican and Korean fusion uh, called Chilantro. And uh, it's a very good name. They have a lot of great food trucks. There's also Home Slice Pizza in Austin, Brooklyn Pie Company, which is, again, off the beaten path. It's kind of in South Austin, um, not really in like a touristy area. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh. I mean, I'm just trying to go to like the places that I've lived in that I can <laughs> recommend. <laughs> uh yeah there's lots of there's lots of great places that uh, uh monterey bay fish grotto is like my go-to in pittsburgh it's a really upscale seafood spot up on the incline that overlooks the city definitely want a reservation there you can't just walk in i don't think there's not even parking you have to valet like oh, uh wow. it, it's it's a hike too you got to drive up the up the mountain to get there um <laughs> but it overlooks the, the the city of pittsburgh it's absolutely beautiful view um yeah, I actually had a dinner one time in there, and in walks Mike Tomlin of the Pittsburgh Steelers, the head coach. And it's like, okay, that's the kind of clientele you can expect uh, yeah. at this nice restaurant. It's it's that type of place. Listen, it sounds great, but as a, a self-respecting Cleveland Browns fan, I can't possibly, <laughs> <laughs> I can't possibly deal where Mike Tomlin goes. That's, uh... <laughs> but no, I love these recommendations. Uh, amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, there's I've eaten so many uh, meals on the road because of my job that like I, I have like recommendations all throughout the country and then a few uh, overseas as well. So, yeah, there's definitely some spots that I'm going to I mean, oh, I guess a spot that like there's not very many locations in the U.S., but like if there are near you, definitely go to Coco Ichibanya. Mm. It's a curry spot, a Japanese curry spot. So good. I think I've I've heard of this uh, through through various Game Informer uh, discussions. Yeah, yeah, it's super good. Sixty. What's a food you've never eaten? That's a tough one. I like to try a lot of different things, and like, you know, when I travel, I try to cross stuff off the bucket list. Like when I was in Finland, I was doing licorice shots and. Uh, even though I'm not a licorice guy, but like it's like, hey, people in Finland love licorice to the point that they have licorice liquor, and I'm doing <laughs> shots of it over in Finland. So it's like <laughs> that's something that maybe I wouldn't have tried. Hmm. We'll just we'll go with uh, sardines, just because I I don't have any desire to try sardines. You're not missing much. Is uh, the best answer I can give there. <laughs> Just put a little salt on your thing. That's, and... that's the best answer I can come up with on the fly. <laughs> that's good. Uh, 61, strangest food that you have eaten. Uh, my first night in Tokyo, they took us out to go to this spot where they served us beef sashimi. Oh. And what that was, was um, it's just raw beef. And it's such, like, it's not, like, really, I don't think it's cured in any way. It's just, like, such a high-quality cut that there's, like, no, like, there's less of a chance of eating that raw and getting, like, sick than there would be, like, eating, like, the typical cut of meat that we have here cooked. Like, such, like, a high-grade meat that, like, it was it was so good. Um, outside of that, like, maybe, like, like I, I like eel in my sushi i like octopus in like had octopus tacos which were super good um i don't think that's necessarily that strange though um i'm sure there's some stuff that i'm not thinking of but those are the ones that come to mind 
62. What's a typical day off? I mean, if I'm just taking the day off, like say I take tomorrow off, I will probably like my go-to move is I'll get up, go to a coffee shop, just like get a drink, sit there for a while and uh, just enjoy the ambiance a little bit. Then maybe go out, like run some errands, do some shopping. Like, I don't know. I I like shopping. I like going to a mall or going to like outlets or something like that. And like, just looking around and shopping. It's like something fun to do. Yeah. Uh, Even if I don't buy anything, it's just a fun activity. Maybe I'll even get another coffee and walk around with it um, while I'm looking. Um, And then probably uh, maybe get a workout in at some point and then probably play video games for the rest of the day cook something nice for myself maybe unless i'm going out in which case i'll i'll uh eat something like go to a go to a restaurant that i i really love and uh yeah self care <laughs> not too shabby yeah uh 63 bucket list item that you accomplished i mean one of them was i think riding the bullet train in japan mm. that that was one that I always thought like, oh, that'd be so cool to like just ride the bullet train through like the Japanese countryside and see all that. I mean, interviewing Shigeru Miyamoto and Koji Kondo is definitely up there. Um, writing cover stories for Game Informer. I'm looking at like my art that I have framed on my wall right now of all the cover stories I've done. Like that was something I really wanted to do. Um, starting my own podcast and actually running it like for a significant amount of time, like, you know, on we're over episode 100 at this point on all things Nintendo. So it's like, that's longer than I think a lot of podcasts make it. So I was, I'm proud of that. Um, even yeah. though it's not like the, the question isn't what am I, what am I proud of? It's what, what, a what's a bucket list item. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that a lot of those are kind of up there with it, but I think like, you know, writing a, a cover story, particularly like franchises that I grew up loving, like Pokemon, Sonic, Mario, street fighter, like I've written cover stories for Game Informer for all of those franchises, and like those are definitely bucket list things. But uh, yeah, getting an interview where it's just me talking with like Shigeru Miyamoto was really an awesome thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't want to blow smoke or anything like this, but it does seem like just from following Game Informer for for years as I have, you're you've become their go to interview guy if they have someone big and maybe <laughs> this is me from the outside perspective so maybe there's more intricacies that i'm missing but it seems like when they get a big guy on the on the horn it's brian shea on the other end of it whether it's a hollywood uh, person whether it's well you think you did all the interviews for the sonic movie or sonic 2 movie i did yeah yeah what was that ben schwartz was on there richie yeah. fizeme shigeru miyamoto it seems like you're you're becoming that go-to commodity there that's that's huge really well i got i got lucky with the reggie fees i made just because i happened to be hosting a nintendo podcast and he was promoting his book (laughs) um and like you know i have kind of become the nintendo guy for a lot of uh ways but like yeah i mean i i'm glad that i have those opportunities i'm definitely forever grateful to be able to talk to all these people and um kind of get to interview them and uh you know like what a weird thing like we talked about tom holland like i got to interview tom holland and it's like that for the uncharted movie and it's like that's such a weird thing coming off of like literally one of my favorite movies of all time being you know infinity war Endgame, and then uh at that point it was fresh off of spider-man no way home 
And yeah. that was just that. I mean, I guess that's kind of like a bucket list thing. Taking part in like, I went to a movie premiere, a Hollywood premiere, which was uh, you know, the the Mario movie earlier this year. That was super cool. Went to the after party where I got to uh, I, I crossed paths with Jack Black. Um, so that was super cool. That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, like there's there's a lot of bucket list items that thankfully, I mean, going to Japan in general is a, a bucket list item, as you had mentioned for yourself. I mean, that was one for me for the longest time. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it all, and of course, going to Japan for the first time also coincided with my first cover story. So it, it was kind of crossing off multiple, uh, multiple bucket list items at once on that trip. It's incredible. It really is. Uh, 64 bucket list item you probably won't accomplish. Oh, man. I mean, I don't see myself going to Coachella anytime soon. Um, I think that, like, the era in which music that I'm a fan of mm. being the main attraction of Coachella has kind of passed me by at this point. Um, All my stuff is kind of going towards, like, music. Um, well, I know I'm not going to be able to ever see, like, Prince or David Bowie live, unfortunately. Yeah. So yeah. I would say those are pretty safe assumptions of like not being able to accomplish those bucket list items. Um I don't know. Like I um you know there's there's a lot of stuff that I would love to do and I've I've been lucky enough to be able to do a lot of things. Uh but I I mean I guess those are probably ones that are most that most come to mind. Yeah, for sure. Music music related seeing like it's always kind of like the thing of like you regret the concerts you don't go to, not the ones that you do. And yeah. I don't know that I necessarily ever really had a chance to see Prince or David Bowie live, but um, you know, I'm I'm bummed that I didn't. No, agreed. Oh, I I <laughs> one that actually was well within my reach that I will absolutely never accomplish now is meeting Taylor Swift. Now why why do you say that was within reach? Yeah. When I was in college, uh my then girlfriend was super into country music and i really don't like country music mm -hmm. and uh we she was like oh uh there's this singer this country singer that's coming to co our college and i really want to go see her and um you know she has like this one hit on the radio and like you know i really want to go i was like do you she was like do you want to go and i'm like no nah, it's okay like country music not a big fan uh you go like make it a girls night whatever and I just stayed in and played video games. And then uh, she came back. She's like, oh, my God, she was so amazing. She stayed after and met everybody, took pictures. And, like, I got a, I got her autograph. I got a picture with her. And, you know, three years later, she's the most famous person on the planet. Uh, so, wow. I mean, this literally, she was playing our uh, college basketball gym. That's what she was playing. I think she could probably still sell that out if she wanted to these probably, days. Probably, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I I was was well within my reach to have met Taylor Swift, and uh, that would have been my answer for an earlier question. Had it, I mean, yeah. I don't think like it doesn't get much more famous than Taylor Swift. So that's my uh, my bucket list item that I will probably never accomplish now because I think that she has surpassed the uh, ability <laughs> to beat her at this point. <laughs> yeah, some I was listening to some uh, podcast or something. Somebody described uh, Taylor Swift her current fandom as like. Yeah, she's as big as like Michael Jackson. And it's like Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's wild. Like she her like, her absolutely. fame has just it's become some like a whole different level. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And like I will say that when I was in like the uh the dating pool, that was a a very very popular story to tell <laughs> to on a first date uh because, you know, uh, as you might imagine, there are a lot of uh women on dating apps who are Taylor Swift fans. Yeah. That's uh that's a good that's a very good uh it's a good icebreaker. Good icebreaker. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> 65 dubbed by previous guests the realest question of the bunch. Oh god. Name of a friend you don't keep in contact with but regret it. Man. Name of a friend. Taylor Swift. <laughs> Taylor Swift. I mean I I'd like to think that I'm fairly okay at keeping in touch with people but you know there's always people that like you just don't talk to as much anymore it's it's tough though because you're also like everybody follows each other on social media and everything yeah my friend pete when he was he was one of my co-workers in college we were really close and uh you know we just kind of fell out of touch um you know he's he's a good dude so it, it is a it's a bummer that i don't talk to him anymore i haven't talked to him in in several years he's not real big on social media that's that's probably the key right there is that he's just not on social media and uh yeah that was that's probably that's the one that comes to mind i mean there's other people it's like it feels like i'm more in touch with them than i probably am just because i follow their lives on social media um also my former personal trainer ryan um back from when i lived in austin uh, I used to talk to him a lot, and uh, you know, I just haven't talked to him in a couple of years now. At this point, yeah. And this is not the one you fired, I assume. The uh... <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, all right, just making sure. Sixty-six. What's a game that makes you feel nostalgic? Uh, how many can I list? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just it's interesting because just listening to the soundtracks of games will get me feeling a certain kind of way, like. Whether it's like the old Sonic soundtracks or the old Zelda soundtracks, um, but I was playing WarioWare, the new one. Oh yeah, that uh, that comes out this week, and I reviewed it for us. And there's a section where it's like Nintendo focused games, and like you know, you uh, you hold one, you hold the the Switch Joy-Con, and like you hold it on like your, your backside and you wag your your Joy-Con and it makes it so like Mario in Mario 3 is wagging his uh, raccoon tail. Oh, and that's good. Fly. So it's like mini games like that. Yeah. So there's one where it's like you're supposed to like do like you're doing the shovel with Animal Crossing New Horizons and oh. it, just that little like three to five second taste of Animal Crossing New Horizons <laughs> teleported me back to the start of the pandemic when we're all locked down and everybody's playing Animal Crossing. And I just like felt so weird in that moment. And like, it's because like that was only three years ago, like th- a little bit over three years ago at this point. And that had me feeling so nostalgic. But like, you know, if you're talking like a flashback to like a, an earlier moment in my life, it's got to be like something like Donkey Kong Country. It's got to be um, Super Mario World, Super Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. I remember I walked into a used game store probably about 10 years ago now at this point. And somebody had, they had Super Mario Kart on the TV just playing. And I just felt like I was immediately transported back to being like seven years old and playing that uh, in my basement with my dad. And 
that that's one that uh, is always going to be a nostalgic one for me. Yeah, those something about those two D levels, but like in the beautiful pixel art of the S, uh, SNES is just like instant nostalgia for me. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Sixty seven. What game have you spent the most time playing? We're talking a singular game. It's probably Final Fantasy X. Oh. I've beaten it, I think, seven times now. Oh, okay. We're talking a series. It's probably Rock Band, which, you know, you can kind of, if you fudge it a little bit, you can kind of count that as a single game since it's a platform that builds on top of the, the previous one. True. Um, But probably Final Fantasy X. Just one of my, it's my favorite RPG of all time, and I can... I, I replay it probably once every two years. Wow, that's incredible. I think I played more Blitzball in that game than actual game. <laughs> <laughs> I got so into the Blitzball recruiting and going around and oh, I love that. Yeah, it's it's so good. I just replayed it I think last year, so I'm due I'm due for another one next year probably. <laughs> another two hundred lightning bolts dodged or whatever oh. that was. Uh 68 what's something you've built with your own hands um all these arcade cabinets oh, i have true. built them um because they come as kits they're arcade one up so i have built them uh the very desk that this computer is sitting on because it's like a it was one i ordered on amazon uh the display cases any furniture in my house really i have built um yeah i mean and trying to think of like anything from scratch like i was in like you know home ec back in the uh back in the day in middle school so like i'm i have like a birdhouse that i probably built or something <laughs> um yeah i mean i built my my boxing gym i built oh, my true. uh my indoor gym as well i had i built two gyms during <laughs> the course of wow. uh covid the early days of covid um started out with just a mat and like a couple dumbbells and it slowly expanded into like i have a rower i had a bike but i broke the bike the the stationary bike um so yeah i mean maybe the gym is the best answer yeah not bad at all uh 69 best pickup line oh god i've never been a pickup line guy i might this might be my only pass of the because I don't know that I have a good one for you. <laughs> I don't know if there is a good one, but this is a very respectable pass if you want to use it. Yeah, I don't. I just don't know if I. I, I was. I mean, I'll. I'll give you a different story about it. And that, like, I was awful at opening a conversation if I matched with somebody on a dating app. Mm -hmm. Like, just flat out terrible about like, all right, what's like the best way to like start a conversation that they're not going to ignore you. They're going to be compelled to answer. I was just awful. You would think like being a professional interviewer, like I would be good <laughs> at it, but like, I think I over, I'm an overthinker. So like I overthought it ad infinitum. So like, yeah, I just was never good at, at that. So like when you're talking pickup lines, like I am the wrong guy to, to give you that. <laughs> <laughs> Very fair. Very fair. Uh, question 70. Have you ever had any good nicknames? Um, My nickname all throughout, high school and college it just it traveled with me was b Shay. it was mm. just like people kind of rolled off the tongue um but never any like like oh he's the renegade or anything like, no <laughs> I'm, I'm not a i'm not a heavyweight boxer i'm uh you know just a just a dude <laughs> though so yeah i guess 
Maybe we could start that renegade nickname because that ain't bad. No, thank you. Uh, <laughs> but but Bichet was the one that like followed me through high school and college. Yeah, that's that's solid. Uh, Seventy one. Do you believe in love at first sight? I believe in attraction at first sight. Certainly, I, I don't think that they're. Uh, I mean, I think that it's easy to be infatuated with somebody at first sight. Like you know, you can absolutely be beyond attracted to them but i think that love is something that's uh a lot deeper and that infatuation can translate to love but it's i don't think that in that fledgling state of wow look at that person i don't think that it it's possible to be actual love but of course it can be something that translates into love down the road once you get to know that person yeah yeah 72 what's a big turnoff of yours um i think overly judgmental people Mm. yeah like i know that i'm a critic a professional critic so like i have (laughs) to like judge things for but like i'm talking like people who single out like traits in an overly um critical way like everybody has negative traits everybody has problems with their personality or something about them that they don't like or some other people maybe rightfully don't like but like i think that like when people are like nitpicky about like another person's traits and like they talk overly negative about them that that's a turnoff to me oh for sure yeah and i say that as somebody who's a fan of stand-up comedy so you know that is a lot (laughs) of what stand-up comedy can be but like you know, when it's done in a malicious way instead of a way that's meant to like make somebody laugh. I think that's that's what I'm referring to the most. Yeah. Yeah. Seventy-three. Do you consider yourself an artist? I don't think so. I hmm. I consider myself a creative, but not an artist. Uh the work that I produce is in service to art. It is discussing art, it's covering art, it's critiquing art. But I don't see it as art in and of itself. Um, Interesting. The things that I do see that could be considered art are the things that are done for entertainment value, such as like our rapid fire questions that we do with some of the the developers. I think those veer the closest to art, but I don't myself see myself as an artist. Um, I think if I was getting more into like the video editing side, like. I think some of the work that, uh, for example, our, our video editor, Alex Van Aken, I think some of the stuff he does could be considered art. Like he's done some cool documentaries. Yeah. And um, I think those are art. But I think that when you're just talking about like, all right, I do a podcast, I do uh, reviews, I write news and previews and cover stories and stuff like that. I don't necessarily see that as art. I think that if you say like interviewing is an art, uh, I, I could see that, but I don't think that the end product itself is art. It's a very weird, like nebulous definition there that we're we're working on. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I the stuff that I create again is in service to art primarily. So that that's where I would go with that. Yeah, no, that's a very fascinating kind of insight on that. I like that. Uh, seventy four. What's something you tried to cook and failed? I will tout myself as being pretty good at cooking like that. Those were the three C's that I got into over the course of uh, the fourth C, which is COVID. Um, (laughs) 
mm-hmm. cooking, coffee, and cocktails were the three C's that I got into during COVID. It's a strong um, trio. I mean, I I was already semi in all of them, but like I really was like, all right, I got nothing better to do. I'm just gonna like really hone my crafts in these. Um, a recipe that I tried recently that just didn't pan out. It wasn't like it was like the Breath of the Wild, like awful, like you failed the cooking mini game. It wasn't um, dubious food. Dubious food. It was not dubious <laughs> food. It just like it didn't have the flavor. I, I wouldn't make it again. And it's like it was a uh, lemon ricotta stuffed shells pasta. Mm. And it looked so good. It smelled so good. I was so excited for it. And I ate it. And I'm like, this just feels bland and i don't know what i did to mess it up maybe it was the recipe it, it very well could have been the recipe but i'm taking the blame for it and i think that was kind of the uh the the biggest failure in recent memory for me interesting 75 dubbed the ben hansen after the first ah. guest to this year's show what's the greatest piece of art ever made Oh God, this one! <laughs> I think I've even tried to answer this on the Game Informer show mm-hmm. back when Ben was the host of that. Um, I don't know what I said then. It's so hard because like art is such a wide ranging definition as well. Like you could say like, oh, it's uh, Super Mario Brothers because it spawned the entire video game industry essentially. Even though there were games that came before it, it was the one that reestablished it. Um, you yeah. could say Citizen Kane because a lot of people consider it the greatest film ever made. Um. But it's probably something like a, a a painting from like the Renaissance or something, you know, like something that's just like if you are like in tune with art, you see it and it like touches you emotionally. Like, you know, like it just evokes feelings. And it's such a hard question to answer. But like, hmm. I, I wanna, speaking of Google results, let's Google that. Let's yeah. see what, pe- what what does Google say? What does our computer overlord what, decide uh, is the greatest piece of art? Greatest piece of art ever made. It just says like the Mona Lisa or something. I'm going to be disappointed. But... <laughs> it says uh, Las Meninas from Diego Velasquez in 1656. That's what the first result is. Hmm. Uh, a painting in the Museo de pra- del Prado in Madrid. Uh, let's see what this is looking like. That's a, a good painting. I don't know if I would consider it the greatest piece of art ever made. <laughs> I mean, the other ones are like, you know, the Mona Lisa, the yeah. Starry Night. Mm-hmm. Um, the Starry Night is a very, very good piece of art. Uh, <laughs> that Vincent Van Gogh was onto something. He, he had some good ideas, that one. Again, such a nebulous definition that, like, you know, even some people don't even agree that video games are art. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, true. So it's it's so hard to really nail that one down. But let's go with the Starry Night. That's a great one. That's a that's a banger, certified banger. <laughs> it's a crowd pleaser. You're you're going home happy after that one. Play it on the encore. Everyone loves it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Seventy six. Have you ever had something happen to you that you would consider paranormal? There's a lot of times that I have like these thoughts in my head and then like something related to that thought will happen where I'll be like, oh man, like just in my head, like not saying it out loud. So it can't even be like an algorithm. I'll say like, oh, I haven't heard that song in so long. And then like my girlfriend will be playing that song like on her phone, like later in the day. And it's like, what? <laughs> or like thinking about something and like 
something very similar, like, oh, I haven't heard from so-and-so in forever. And just like out of the blue, they'll text me. Yeah. I think that's probably the closest thing I have where it's like you almost feel like, okay, I, I kind of was psychic in like a non-controlled way. Like I can't possibly control it. I can't be like, oh man, I've never won the lottery before. <laughs> but like, you know, stuff like that where it's like, oh, like I, I, I had mentioned one that happened kind of recently on the All Things Nintendo podcast. I remember I I said that Tara Strong, the voice actress, yeah. was the voice of Harley Quinn in the Batman animated series. And then like after the fact, I was like, oh, wait, no, she wasn't the voice of Batman in the, the early animated series seasons. That was somebody else. And then literally, like I, I went back and I was like, oh, crap, I messed that up. Literally the next day, that voice actress passed away. Oh, and I was wow. like, oh, that's weird. It was like little like weird coincidences like that is like the closest I have to like experiencing something paranormal. Something going on there. <laughs> Energy's aligning. I don't know. 77. Would you ever use a Ouija board? I've actually thought about this recently. I think probably because I've been watching some scary movies. Um, would I? Probably yes. Do I want to? Probably no. Yeah. Like, it's like, I, why tempt fate? Like, I'm perfectly happy without one. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm cruising along in life, <laughs> happily not using a Ouija board. I don't know if I necessarily believe in, like, the powers of a Ouija board, but, like, why why test it? <laughs> That's exactly my thing. Best case scenario, a fun jaunt with a board game. Worst case scenario, demon portal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, don't... There, there's not a good risk-reward ratio. Yeah, those are very imbalanced to me. And either way, you're down, <laughs> like, 25 bucks. So, not worth it. Uh, 78... Simply, why? Because why not? Love it. Uh, 79. If given the chance, when would you time travel to? I would love, I mean, this seems like a super uninventive answer. I would love to time travel just to like the early 90s to experience like the, the grunge movement as an adult who can like actually understand and appreciate it all happening, yeah. go to like some of those shows, like, you know, see Alice in Chains with Lane Staley, see Soundgarden, see Nirvana, yeah. like see all those bands. Again, it, it all revolves around music again, but like, or maybe going back to like the seventies and seeing like the Beatles or the Rolling Stones in their prime. Like I've seen the Rolling Stones live and they're incredible when they're all men in like their seventies and eighties. Like seeing them when they're they're in their twenties, like get out of here. That would be insane. That would be incredible. Unreal stage presence. Like I could only imagine. Oh, and like or like sometime like like the early nineties would be a great example because it's like just before the internet takes over and changes everything. Like that would be an interesting time. Like with the knowledge and like attention span that I have now of like going back in time. But then like if I had my phone with me, they no matter what time I travel to, they would burn me at the stake because they'd be like, "What is this witch that has a <laughs> a, a computer in their pocket, <laughs> just holding it up, hoping for 1991 Wi-Fi to kick in?" It's just it's <laughs> not a thing. It's not a thing. It at is all. so weird to think that like if you went back even to the 90s, like 30 years in the past your cell phone would just be a brick, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Other than, like, whatever solitaire app you have on there, like... Or, like, a, I mean, a really good camera. It would be a really good camera, yeah. <laughs> that is true. The highest-res photos from the 90s. Oh, man. That would be worth it alone. Yeah. 
every every photo that people would use for like 20 years would have your name and copyright on it like <laughs> that would be incredible now that's that's how you use a time machine right there <laughs> go back and get full color like <laughs> amazing photos of like the beatles early days Oh, that would be amazing. Peter Jackson wouldn't have anything to build his documentaries off of anymore. <laughs> We'd have it all. I have, I have their like videos of like the Beatles like doing sound check at the the what is it the cavern in yeah. in uh, oh, England? And, yeah, like fifty nine four K. four K video of them sixty frames per second. <laughs> Pete best drum solo four K <laughs> best rip. <laughs> uh 70 something no 80 have oh, you ever made oh we're we're getting there we're on the road here have you ever made a sudden dramatic change to your lifestyle and stuck to it i think after that jay moore uh photo Ooh. i was like i'm gonna make a change to this so i i started cutting out bagels for at least a little while um, I started packing my lunch. I started running, I started with a mile before work every day. And I think over the course of like two years, I dropped 60 pounds. Wow. That's incredible. So, uh, yeah, it was, a uh, it was a pretty big lifestyle change that I stuck with. And, you know, here I am. That was 2010. So 13 years later, still, uh, still going strong with like keeping up with the fitness. So, um, that's probably the biggest one. Yeah, I mean, that is commendable. Really fantastic. Uh, 81. What game show, past or present, would you love to be a contestant on? I mean, The Price is Right is the go-to answer, right? It's iconic. Hollywood Squares always seemed fun. Mmm. Now, now I'm like, all right, I want to. I would, I would stink at Jeopardy, even though I was, I actually won the trivia contest in my senior year of high school. I was the the bastion of useless knowledge in high school. Like my memory was such a steel trap of like just stuff that would do nothing for you in life aside from winning a trivia uh, championship. Yeah. Um. Oh, Family Feud. That's a that's a good one. Oh, I would love Family Feud. Like that would be so much fun. The real question would be: Would you go the Richard Dawson? Or would you go Steve Harvey? Got to go Steve Harvey, just because you know he's gonna like. He he puts up with a little bit more foolishness. <laughs> Very you true. Can be a, a, you can be a silly little guy and he'll be one right back to you. <laughs> uh, 82. What's a quote that you love? A ship is safest at harbor, but that's not what ships are built for. Ooh. That's great. And I like how quick that rolled right off the uh right off the dome there. That's a that's a great one. Yeah, that's a that's a longtime favorite for me. 83 what's the best shirt that you own um well right now it's flannel season as you can see i'm rocking a, a yellow flannel um so right now i'm kind of leaning towards flannels but <laughs> i'm a big fan of uh hawaiian shirts and like floral print shirts especially in the warmer months yeah and i have a um one that i got when i was over in germany for gamescom and I, they lost my luggage and I was without any clothes or like anything for like three days. Oh boy. So I had to go and buy like three days worth of clothes. And I got this one at this like German shop and it fits so nicely. It's, it's like it's tailored and I love <laughs> it. And like 
yeah, it's one of my go-to shirts, and I, I I'll, I'll wear it any day of the of the year. I don't care if it's like negative twenty or if it's a hundred degrees. Although I did wear it in Japan, and it's not like the most. It's like a it's not an absorbent type of shirt. Mm. And I remember I was on the train. It was just such a sweaty, humid day in Japan. I was visiting Meiji Shrine, and I was riding the. I was just drenched in sweat. Like it, it was like I had fallen in a pool. Is how sweaty <laughs> I was because it was so humid and then. To get to the shrine, unless you take like a taxi or something, you need to walk a lot from the train. And so I was walking back. And then once you get to the shrine, it's a lot of walking as well. So I was walking back and I'm just drenched, like wet shirt, Oof. everything. And I was going back to my hotel to get a shower and basically pack up everything before I uh, go to my, my flight to go home. And I was like, oh, thankfully, like the train is empty. Like there's not a whole lot of people. We go to one stop and probably a hundred people get on the train and it's like, Oh God, I'm trying to like stay away from everyone. <laughs> and I remember this guy was just like kind of on his phone, like minding his own business. And the train kind of had to do a sudden stop. And the guy like kind of put his hand on me and I'm like, Oh God, he just touched my like sweaty, sweaty oh. shirt. And I'm like, I hope he didn't like think it's weird. And then like, I see the guy in like the corner of my eye, hold his fingers up. And like rub them together, like what is on my what is on my hand? Oh, and I'm just no. like, oh god. Like, can I stop? Please be next. Can I stop? Please be next. I was so embarrassed. But That's like, like yeah. an anxiety nightmare. That, that exact situation. Oh god. But yeah, it's a good shirt that I still wear to this day. That's just a <laughs> a funny story that I have with that shirt. <laughs> I love it. Uh 84. Would you change your middle name? No, I like my middle name. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, 85? What's a good impression you can do? It's-a me, Mario! Say, this is why they got rid of Charles Martinet. Who needs it? <laughs> <laughs> no. That's really good. That's honestly really good. 86? Is there a tattoo you wanted to get, but are glad you didn't get? Yes, and this is the reason that I don't do tattoos like Ooh. i don't have any tattoos on me but i was considering very strongly for a while of like okay well something gaming related because i was like i i can't think of anything that like has meaning to me aside from like gaming stuff that like i wouldn't regret and now that i look back i'm like okay it's a good thing i didn't i was gonna do like something mass effect related or something assassin's creed related and like at that time, those series had like a lot of significance for me. And I still like the Mass Effect series. I mean, Mass Effect 2 and 3 are like some of my favorite games of all time. Uh, early Assassin's Creed games are some of my favorites of all time as well. But like they just haven't had the same significance in my life as they did back in like 2012, you know? Yeah. So I'm glad I didn't there. And I also thought about like maybe getting the Triforce from Zelda. And it's like, okay, well, look, that's a pretty like common one. And I wouldn't feel like it's anything special because so many people have it. Um, so I think I'm just like glad that I didn't do any of those, but like, I don't know. I thought about doing certain things. Maybe I'll get that quote that I told you, uh, tattooed on me at some point. Yeah, that's a good one. That's one like that. I, I don't think I would ever regret unless like it comes out that that person was like canceled for some awful thing, <laughs> but the quote sentiment sentiment still remains. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 87. How would you describe your 16 year old self? I think wanting to be cool, but failing miserably. <laughs> like that was something that was a kind of a common thread for me over the course of my, um, my teenage years was really wanting to be cool and like popular with like kids. And it's like, you know, I, I 
I've reflected on this in adulthood. It's like, man, I gave up on a lot of things that I really enjoyed as a kid because I didn't want to come off as like a loser. Like, you know, I, I, that was one of the reasons that I didn't keep up with Pokemon for a long time was because like, you know, I, I wanted to like fit in with the cool kids. And, mm. you know, if you were a Pokemon fan, like back in the early, the late nineties, you were a huge nerd and like, you'd get made fun of, but now it's like, okay, yeah, I, I wish I would have just like kept with it and remained like as in love with Pokemon as I was in like 98. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people uh, can relate to that at that age. It's uh it is a rough labyrinth of of middle school, high school to uh, to get around there. Eighty eight. What's the worst injury you've ever had? I broke my nose the day before I went to college as a freshman. That wasn't fun. Boy, yeah, no. Um, showing up to college, hoping like you know, all right, all right, fresh start, make a first impression. I can be whoever I want in college, and I have a cast on my nose from them having to re-break <laughs> it. Um. One time I was playing around a pool and I fell on the diving board and I hurt my, uh, my, I, I have a scar on my ankle and my knuckle from it, but I also bruised my ribs, which really hurt. Oof. I've, I've had like just random injuries here and there from like working out and everything. Like I, at one point when I was training MMA, I had two sprained ankles at the same time. That wasn't fun. Two, oh um, my God. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean those are probably the 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 worst. Nothing catastrophic. I've never broken an actual bone. I had a hairline fracture that I, I mean I'm pretty sure it was a hairline. It was never diagnosed because I didn't want to pay hospital bills in our lovely uh, healthcare system. Yeah. But um you know, I had a hairline fracture I'm pretty sure in my wrist from boxing and uh the gym that I was at at the time decided that they were just going to keep instead of replacing the heavy bag they were just going to keep taping it over with duct tape where it ripped so it got really really hard and and not having a lot of give and i'm pretty sure i had a hairline fracture on the Oof. On, on my wrist from that um but it, it healed after about a year of just not boxing <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah those those are probably the ones that are the worst injuries not fun not fun uh 80 Mm-hmm. 89 what's a habit of yours you want to break oh late night snacks Ooh, yeah. it's a tough one because like you're sitting there you ate dinner you want something sweet so like you can do like a, a tiny little thing or you could just like eat an entire bowl of cereal which is what i've always defaulted to and it's so tough to break that because it's like you know i've broken a lot of habits in my life like you know i used to have a nervous tick that i would do that I uh, thankfully have largely broken, and um, yeah, I, I think that probably the late night snacking is the the better one, better answer. <laughs> yeah, the biggie. Uh, question ninety on the home stretch here. Have you ever lied on your resume? No. Mm. Though I have uh, messed up in a way that is kind of ironic in the sense that I would list a skill as like, oh, skills are attention to detail. And then I notice I have a typo in my resume or like a <laughs> typo in my cover letter. And I'm like, all right, well, I just basically threw away that opportunity. <laughs> if anyone calls you on it, you just say it's a it's a really good joke. <laughs> like You laugh though, right? <laughs> 91. Have you ever punched someone in the face? 
face? No. Uh, well, no, because I didn't spar, and when we did spar, we only threw like kicks to the, like the legs. Gotcha. I've inadvertently punched my trainers in the face because like they'll call a combination while they're holding pads for me, and like I'll throw a, a cross when I was supposed to throw a hook, and their their mitt will be off to the side, and I'll accidentally just like give them just a quick little pop in the forehead, <laughs> and uh, but not intentionally. I've punched somebody in like the arm, like in college, but like. Uh no, not the face. Gotcha. I think, like I, I can't think of any time I've done that. Hey, tomorrow's another day. You never know. I mean, I, maybe in no, no. I, I, I did when I was in oh. elementary school. I was always like the nerd that was bullied and stood up to the bullies. And I remember this one of those bullies who just gave me hell every single day. Uh, we were coming in from recess, and this was like third fourth grade maybe and he had me in a headlock and like you know he just he had me like uh, you know kind of like a half nelson yeah and i he had my like my head down and everything and i remember i punched up like kind of like a like a an upward overhand hook yeah and i hit him right in the lip and he fell back and uh fell on the ground and he had to go get stitches on his lip for it but he never bullied me again I'm telling you could take out this bear. That, I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm hearing more of these stories. Oh, yeah. That grizzly's going down. 92. Would you ever go to a nude beach? I've gone to a topless beach before when I was in France. Oh, um, I did not go. I, I mean, I went topless because I go to all beaches <laughs> topless. But, True. Um, the benefit of being a guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, sure. Why not? Yeah. 93 somehow not the realest question when was the last time you cried um sure i did this week sometimes like music will hit me emotionally so that'll like get me tearing up a little bit Mm. i mean that's the easiest way but like sometimes like i'll watch a tv show and it'll like really get me like especially if i'm attached to the character even if there's like somebody something i know is coming like i'll i'll start getting emotional for it Probably within the last week and a half. Gotcha. Yeah, sometimes it's the stuff you know is coming because it's like your body bracing for it in a weird way. That's the stuff that always gets me. Yeah. But like stuff that also like means a lot to other people really gets me. Like when I took my partner to a concert and like she just like I remember like it was like a birthday present that I brought up earlier in the show. Yeah. And she looked at me like right as the band started playing and she was like getting tears in her eyes. And that got me like mm. emotional as well. Cause I was like, oh, I'm glad like this means a lot to you. Yeah. Oh, that, that's amazing. Uh, 94. What's something you've done and will probably never do again? I mean, a lot of these interviews I just assume are never going to happen again. Like a lot of like the celebrity interviews that I get to do. Um, <clears throat> every cover story that I do, I always just assume is my last one. Because, like, you know, it's it's a huge undertaking. And I'm just like, all right, I don't want to do that again for a while because it's so much work. I mean, up until recently, I probably would have said go to Japan. But, like, you know, it seems like I'm going back to Japan at least every couple of years now, at least. Um, yeah. I mean, probably write, write a cover story about Pokemon because it seems like they've kind of pivoted away from doing that. But, like, I 
I loved writing that cover story and I would love to do it again. I just don't know if it, the opportunity is ever going to present itself again. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, 95, best compliment you ever received? Oh, man. I think it's probably something involving, like, when somebody genuinely enjoys my work. Mm. Because that I, I do put kind of my heart and soul into the work. And, like, it's always the highest compliment when anybody tells me that, like, they listen to my podcast every week. Or they loved, like, a cover story that I did or a review that I wrote. That Anything like that, like, always means the world to me. And just the fact that, like, you know, I, I listen to people on, like, in my spare time. And the fact that anybody would listen to me in their spare time just is, like, wild to me. And, like, I don't know. I think that's just, like, a, the, the highest compliment somebody can pay you is if, like, the thing that you produce, they choose to spend their finite free time consuming. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. Uh, 96... Tell me a joke. I used to have some good jokes, and I, <laughs> I've never been like the, I'll have a structured joke <laughs> guy. You know, like everybody, like some people have like a, oh, I have a few jokes in the chamber. Like you always think about like, uh, what's his face from The Sopranos, always telling a joke. Uh, yeah, Polly. Yep. He always he's always telling a joke whenever like they they flash to him and like he's in a group setting. I've never been that guy. I will say that I think that the like the the go to that anybody thinks of is like why did the chicken cross the road to get to the other side? When you do like an actual dissection of that joke, it's actually so much more brilliant than anybody gives it credit for, right? <laughs> because it's it's putting the the it's like it's making you feel like an idiot <laughs> for not knowing the answer of that, and in turn, it becomes like a you're the joke, right? Because like. Yeah. Yeah, why else would the chicken cross the road? Because he's going to the other side. It's like it's it's smart and subversive in a way that people don't give it credit for because it's so synonymous with a joke, right? Yeah, it's the ubiquitous so, joke. Like it's yeah. So I don't really have a good answer for telling you a joke outside of just praising the most <laughs> well-known joke on the planet. Looking at the judges, yeah, they're counting it. All right. <laughs> They're feeling generous today. Uh, 97. 97 used to be a question that I came up with that just wasn't all that good. Okay. So I took it and I threw it in the recycling bin and I replaced it with the listener question of the week. And if any of our lovely listeners have a question they want to see used on a future episode, it's 99. Of course, the number 99. Questions pod at gmail.com or 99 questions pod on Twitter. Or X, uh, I it still grosses I refuse me to call out. It X. Yeah, it just doesn't feel right. Because um, whenever you say X, you also have to qualify it as oh, the site that uses the Twitter. <laughs> like even in their marketing, it says X parentheses formerly Twitter. Yeah, no, it's and it's like. Uh, hold on a sec. I'm going to still do this test. This is the test of when I'm going to stop go calling it Twitter. Okay. I type X.com. It redirects me to Twitter.com. <laughs> It's Twitter. It, it drives me. It, it's it's so dumb. Yeah, it's it's thoroughly stupid. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, even more stupid. My listener question of the week is two questions because why not? Because uh, I couldn't decide between the two. Manic okay. manic tea. Excellent question. What are the rules to a great selfie? 
Every time a camera is pointed at me, I forget how to smile like a human. So, Brian, what is the rules to a great selfie? So you got to find good lighting. That's the number one rule. Okay. You got to find your angle. For me, it's uh, either straight on or slightly upward and off to the side. Um, You've got to kind of make sure that you take multiple selfies. I mean, every time I post a selfie, there's like 20 rejects that I have where I'm just like <laughs> clicking, clicking away. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, the lighting is the key one, right? Like people are taking selfies like in the dark parking lot in their car. And it's like, that's not going to give you good results. You need to have good lighting and uh, yeah, and make sure you wipe off your camera lens because so many times, you know, you're touching your phone screen all the time. There's yeah. probably some smudges on it. That That's a, that's a good one for any photo that you're shooting with your phone or video. Like wipe like wipe off the smudges with your shirt before you start taking a photo or a video, because that is uh, crucial. Yeah. It's going to throw the focus all off. It's going to throw it into chaos. Exactly. And it also makes like lights look kind of like smudgy and everything. Mm. It just doesn't, it doesn't work out in your favor if your camera is smudged up. Yeah. Good advice. Very good advice. And then I like this one from Whimsical Furthermore. Excellent Ah. username. Their question is, First Nintendo game, favorite Nintendo game. <laughs> Feels right. Well, I've answered this on my own uh, <laughs> on my own podcast as the very first episode, but I don't even know if you can find those on podcast platforms anymore because I think we, I think our deal with uh, the podcast company that we, the host that we do, only keeps the last twenty. Oh, interesting. Uh, but you can find it on GameInformer.com if you want to listen to it. But first Nintendo game, uh, you know, as a kid, I went to my aunt and uncle's house and played uh super mario brothers and duck hunt that was the uh the game that they had the combo cartridge so yeah the combo cartridge and then also tetris and then either that or it was my other aunt and uncle's house where they had the legend of zelda and uh bubble bobble Ooh. so I, I got a very good start with my nintendo career yeah. and then the first nintendo game i ever owned was super mario world and that was a christmas gift that i got um in probably 92 or 93 alongside a super nintendo Ooh. and favorite nintendo game it's going to be breath of the wild For the longest time it was ocarina of time but breath of the wild is my favorite video game of all time wow and tears of the kingdom not disrupting that ranking or it is a very delicate situation with that one because i think that i acknowledge that tears of the kingdom is a better game than breath of the wild but Breath of the Wild had a bitter, bigger impact on me. So yeah. it's like a tough thing of like, all right, do I go with the game that I think is a better video game overall, or do I go with the one that was more impactful and like more revolutionary? And I'm I'm sticking with Breath of the Wild because it's my favorite game. So I I the one that had the bigger impact on me is the one I'm going with. Very, very fair. And uh, excellent questions from Whimsical Furthermore and Manic T. Yes. Great job. 98. What made you want to be who you are today? Hmm. Another broad definition that could be applied to this. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're talking like as a person, I think it's just my parents and the upbringing that they gave me. Um, you know, I was very close. I mean, I'm very close to both my parents still very close with both of them growing up. Uh, I spent a lot of time with my mom 
um and you know just the values that my dad and and mom instilled in me uh helped me become the person that i i am now and uh in terms of like professional it was i started out writing about music uh just in my spare time because i was an ra in college and i uh had a lot of downtime where i had to be in the office hours and nothing was going on because everybody was out drinking and i was waiting for the storm to return to the <laughs> to the residence hall that we were in and uh i specifically talked around using the word dorm because i didn't want to rhyme with storm <laughs> uh and um you know I, I i really liked writing and interviewing musicians i would actually start reaching out to musicians on myspace which again dating myself and uh you know just doing interviews and one day circuit city another thing of the time <laughs> was going out of business and so i went there and bought fallout 3 collector's edition because i heard that was a really good game and i should try it and uh, lo and behold i loved it so much i wanted to write a game review for it and so i did and i was like hey i really like that let me try doing that for like other sites because i was just doing it in like the off topic section of my uh the music website website that i was helping to run yeah and so I started writing for uh, a small video game blog that I found on my own website and then uh, started doing freelance for bigger uh, outlets. And then, you know, on the fourth attempt, I got hired at Game Informer. Wow. What a journey. <laughs> Amazing. But we've reached the top of the mountain here. The titular question, if you will. Yes. Question 99. What do you want to be? remembered for and i think that's the realest question i i think it it is quickly superseding cry, uh, crying because i think everyone cries <laughs> crying or uh or, or friend you haven't stayed in touch with yeah true um i think for kindness i i hope i hope so i mean you know everybody has um slip ups and everybody has problems and everybody has faults but like hopefully just trying to be the best person that you can be and uh you know they always say that like you don't remember what people say you remember how they make you feel and hopefully that like you know I'm remembered for a you know positive light in that way and you know that's ultimately I think the goal that everybody should have, right? They, they, it's like the the old like camping rule, right? Where leave it better than you found it. Like, yeah. uh, hopefully, that's that's kind of the way that uh, I go with in interactions with people, and like, hopefully, hopefully, that comes across in most of the interactions that I have. So, we'll, uh, we'll ultimately, it's everybody else's <laughs> place to say that, but I, I think in an ideal world, that's that's what I'd like to be remembered for. Very eloquently put. And I can at least guarantee that you've left this podcast a better place uh, than <laughs> when we, once we started, oh, who knows how long ago. Brian, this has been absolutely tremendous. I wish I had more questions for you, but legally I can't ask anymore. Um, uh, <laughs> thank you so much for uh, taking the time to do this. This has really been uh, really special. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. This was fun. Uh, a, a very fun and uh, unique format, and I liked it a lot. Oh, well, thank you. That means a lot. Is there anything you'd like to plug, promote, uh, waft into the ears of uh, all of our wonderful listeners here? Anything at all? 
The floor is exclusively yours, sir. Um, you know, just find me on GameInformer.com, GameInformer magazine. We we put out a magazine uh, every few weeks. You should check that out. Um, all things Nintendo on your podcast platform of choice or YouTube. And then, uh, of course, you can follow me on social media at Brian P. Shea. The amazing Brian the Renegade Shea, everybody. No, for real. What an amazing recollection of stories, places he's been, people he's interviewed, celebrities he's ran into. I could listen to Brian all day, but it's last call time. The red light's on. Let's figure out what we learned here today. We learned that the best money-making scheme, if you're going back in time, is taking high-res historical photos. You might want to meet Taylor Swift, but the photos are more lucrative. You're already gone to see Taylor Swift? Okay, sure. We learned that Guitar Hero competitions can be more lucrative than they seem. Now, if only I could turn my Final Fantasy X Blitzball team into cash. Uh, I'm going to need some work on that one. We learned about the underrated majesty of a good water park. We learned that if you're sweating on a train, just stick to yourself. And we learned that if you have any extra tickets to a Cal Ripken meet and greet, please send them over to Shay. Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to track down Jay Moore and see if he can change my life. I'll see you again in two weeks for our next episode. Until then, thank you and good night. <laughs>